on episode 47 of Pixel Gaiden. It's time for another game show. It's a first-person battle. Tim powers up Commodore style. Who's the hotshot now? Do you have a taste for PC gaming? We get tangled up in Xenocrisis. Eric and Tim get new toys. We get zapped back to the past. And it's Turkey Day in America. Another visitor. Stay while. Stay forever. Welcome to Turkey Day, Eric. Hello. Oh. <laughs> my turkey. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Perfect. Well, I'm listeners, st- I'm stuffed. Are you? Are you? Apparently, you already had Thanksgiving dinner. Yep, Thanksgiving dinner is in my belly. I love American holidays where you just eat stuff. Yeah, it's just about much, eating. It's pretty much all food. Ha- Halloween candy. Yep. Thanksgiving, Easter, food. candy, Easter, candy and food. Yep. Ham. Yep. Um, Christmas is the only one that we don't focus purely on food, but there's a big meal. Yeah, right. <laughs> Veterans Day, bacon. I no, maybe not. I don't know where that came. <laughs> barbecue. Barbecue. We barbecue on Veterans Labor Day. Day. Labor Day. <laughs> Labor Day and Veterans Day. Oh, good gracious! Well, welcome to Pixel Guidance, your home for all things retro and retro. Video game inspired. Yep. And beer. And beer. Without further ado, my yeah. name is Cody Hoffman. My cohort in crime over there. Eric Nelson, as always. As always. And we're going to hop right into what we call Quick Questions. Quick Questions. So this first question is from our uh, third amigo. Yeah. Uh, from the Trace Amigos. Which I probably shouldn't put it that way because we're part of the Amigos Retro Gaming Network, right? So, so uh, we don't want to steal their trademark. We don't want, <laughs> we don't want to steal their thunder. Yeah. But our third friend, uh, Tim, who asked us this question: If you could only choose one MS DOS based game to play, it's just so specific. What would it be, and what hardware would you choose? Sound Blaster, Gravis Ultra, four eighty six Pentium? Question mark. Hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a little tough, Um, Uh, because just my memory of all those uh, add-ons and stuff is a little hazy, but I only have really two favorite DOS games, so it'll be a little easier for me. I mean, I... I, my two favorite games are TIE Fighter versus, uh, uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, I should say. It's a lot of people's favorite. Yep, and uh, probably Command & Conquer, the first one. Okay. I mean, I loved both those games, and I... I um, would play now for on what PC, whatever PC they'd run on is what I what I'd put on there. I mean, they don't. Neither one of those games takes a ton of horsepower or whatever, but it would be nice to have a joystick port like on the Sound Blaster to play the X Wing versus Tie Fighter. Um, so I'd probably want a Sound Blaster on that because that included the joystick port. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think that's the, those are the two that I would pick. And if I had to pick one, it would probably be. X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. All right. 
Yeah. See, it's, 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 that's such a nerdy question. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> so the truth of it is, back when I was growing up, I had Macintoshes. Yeah. So I knew Macintoshes very well, but my friends had PC, what we just called PC, or IBMs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which was PC or DOS, whatever you want to call it, but... Right. I didn't know any of the specs. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what they had. In fact, I remember playing some games that sounded and looked cool, and then going to another friend's, and they had a PC machine, but it, we were playing like the original Duke Nukem and Commander Keen, which uses the onboard speaker. Mm-hmm. So it was like these, right. and it sounded terrible. And I'm like, it's, it, to me, I didn't understand why one sounded terrible, one sounded good. Yeah. And of course, back then, it was Sound Blaster. It was because you could put a sound card in there and... Or not. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say, okay, yeah, I need Sound Blaster, but aside from that, I don't care. Right. Um, I really don't care, which is probably why I should take one of the old um, early uh, Pentium 2 computers or 3 computers I have in my uh, shed right now and just put DOS on it. Yeah. And just play some old DOS stuff, because yeah. I don't care what the hardware is. Right. Um, but that being said, I can't... I'm a broken record. It's going to be Sam and Max. That's, yeah. that's the game that, like... That was the DOS game that just enchanted me and made me frustrated that I was a Mac owner because there's all those Lucasfilm games I couldn't play. Yeah. Primarily uh, Sam and Max. I still never played a Sam and Max game. I mean, there was really one, and then they had the kind of re- the remake yeah. where they had a whole, whole bunch of episodes, and those are fun, but the original one was just brilliant. So, there's cool. my answer. Right on. So, I have one here. Also PC-related. Yep, and it goes in with our Battle of the Systems. FPS games. Controller or keyboard? Has your taste for this changed over the years? When was the change, roughly? All right, so first-person shooter games, of course. We kind of mentioned mm-hmm. our favorite DOS games. Yep. Of course, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, I always started with, like, Wolfenstein, which I played with a Gravis pad. Okay. But then when Doom came out, Things started graduating to the keyboard and the AS, what do you call it? The AS, WASD. WASD. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, I got really into it in Counter Strike and stuff like that more in college. Yeah. Um, and it's just so much more precise and quick. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first got my PlayStation 3, I probably avoided playing first person shooters for like two years because I couldn't or wouldn't get used to the controller. Right. And I didn't want to feel like an idiot bumbling with the controls for a. For a shooter of genre i knew pretty well yeah and so finally i had to sit down and basically teach myself to use a controller right but it is much less precise do you remember what game you had to relearn to go on a controller i remember trying uh because at the time resistance 2 yeah. i think yeah, yeah. was like one of the new killer apps for playstation 3 so i mm-hmm. tried to work on that and it didn't click with me and i hated it so i stopped yeah in fact i still have it there and i haven't played it kill zone 2 came out yeah same thing couldn't get myself through it and then I think I finally uh, clicked with it. I'm trying to remember what game where I finally, like, I think, honestly, everyone was into co- the Call of Duty Modern Warfare games. Yeah. And I think I uh, played the campaign, which was only like six hours. It was really short and fairly easy. Yeah. And I don't play online stuff, really. So I think I played through that whole thing, and that's where, like, where I kind of honed my skills in. Yeah. Um, and because I didn't play the online, I don't I, to this day don't understand why people love that game so much. It was good, it was yeah. fun for six hours, but and then now I've trained myself to to play them so I can enjoy them on both. But yeah, it's it's kind of where I where I was too because <clears throat> so that time I pl- I worked at Prima 
I we played um, Unreal, you know, Unreal mm-hmm. Tournament a lot, and that was I played with keyboard and mouse. Quake, I played um, Quake. So I played Quake there too, and that was a blast. And I played with keyboard and mouse. Um, I played a lot of um, what was that other? Oh, Battlefield Vietnam. That was a hmm. great game with helicopters and the musical soundtrack on that was amazing. Well, that could be cool. So Battlefield, Vietnam, uh, keyboard and mouse. But then I got the Xbox 360 and I wanted to play Halo mm-hmm. and that was controller. So I kind of learned the ropes on the controller just to play Halo. <laughs> and once I locked into Halo and was playing that a lot, um, I started to, to, to be able to play on either one. But if I had a preference, it would always be keyboard and mouse. That to me, because you're right, I've still, even to this day, I play Counter-Strike um, I play, um, there's another one I play. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I, I play those on steam and I still love using the keyboard and mouse on those, but so much, so much more accurate. I, I think so. I really do. And it's just, uh, an easier setup cause you always have keyboard and mouse if you're on a PC, you know what I mean? You don't yeah. always have your controller to plug in or whatever. Um, I, 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 so I prefer keyboard and mouse, but I did get used to the controller because of halo. So that's my answer. Gotcha. Cool. Um, let's go ahead and grab some fresh, delicious brewskis like we like to do on the show. Yes. And while we're doing that, Past Eric can tell us about the show information and where you can get a hold of us. So, if you want to find show information, you're going to go to pixelguiden.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can reach me, Eric Nelson, at DuhProject, D-U-H Project. You can reach the show at at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Cody at at oddball which is ODDBA1149. You can reach Tim at Sanction, at S-A-N-X-I-O-N. Please review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast catcher that you use. That would be really helpful for us. And if you want to email us, you can email at podcast at pixelguiden.com. And we do encourage feedback We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there. Um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. And today, it's going to get a little dramatic because we're going to the theater. Coming this winter... To Broadway. Not the real Broadway like in New York, but, you know, the Broadway you have in your little town that's kind of run down and dumpy. A theatrical event that has won awards all over your small community town. Pixels of Love. Starring such amazing local actors as the dizzy Jim Tesser, the painstaking Henrik Wolfel, the gleaming Gary Heather, the gammy Dustin Newell, the flowery Matthew Ackerman, 
the garrulous Daniel James, and the puzzling Josh Malone. You will be weeping at the antics of the capricious Eric Sangreen, the tight-fisted David Vincent, the systematic 10-minute Amiga Retrocast, and the very well-made David Modelak. You'll be on the edge of your seats with thin little bits of your fingernails falling to the floor as the anticipation grabs you because of the black and white Roy Fielding, the abandoned Mr. Toast, the ordinary Team Grey all the way, and the clean Maciej Sosnowski. Bringing it home, we brought back, out of retirement, a few of your local favorites. The shaggy Paradroid, the chilly Ramoke Ramoke, and yes, the keen Aunt Stellar. back, my viewpoint of Galaga not being a great game was viciously and repeatedly attacked. So, just to continue and make my point, here are a list of a few more arcade game classics that I think are better than Galaga. Okay, well, I like Popeye. Popeye's a pretty fun uh, classic arcade game, you know, Sailor Man and the whole thing. Um, Asteroids is a great little space shooter. And uh, how about a shmup Let's go with Gorf. Tune in next month for more classic arcade games that Cody thinks are better than Galaga. All right, we are back to real life here. And uh, Eric, what do you got in front of you there, my friend? A beer you provided called Orange Blossom Honey Blonde Ale by Old Yellow County. Now, I know nothing about this beer. All I know is, again, I was trying to stay away from hazies and sours for you. Yeah. I enjoy a honey ale. Oh, which, so do I. Which 805 is one, although they took the name off of it and call it something else now. But It's just called a blonde ale, yeah. But it's a honey ale. They yeah. actually changed the name because it wasn't selling well, and then it blew up. Hmm. Because dudes don't want to buy honey ale, I guess, for the most part. Yeah, I love honey ales. Uh, this is by Yolo Brewing Company, which I've been to their brewery in West Sac, and it is awesome. Cool. Another tall boy. Yes. <laughs> so I am pouring yes. into a frosty cold glass. As I'm pouring this, it is very light colored. It's very light. But it's very carbonated, which is great. I also was going to say that. And also it is very cheers. Cheers! Mm. Oh. Hmm. Light 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 on the nose, Eric, light on the nose. Yep. I could t- I could smell a little bit of Almost like hops, hmm. a little hoppy smell. It's not hoppy at all. It is honey though. Tastes yeah. like I'm drinking a frozen cold golden bear of honey. <laughs> that is very honey. Yeah, I know it's there's good. a local brewery called Track Seven that makes a a honey blonde. I almost bought that one. <laughs> and uh, but this can glad, was bigger. Kind of glad you didn't. There's something up with that one that always gives me a headache. Really? Which, that's the only beer that gives me a headache. Like, it is that Track 7 Honey Blonde? Well, maybe this one will. <laughs> maybe. Oh, well. This is from Honey from the Orange Blossom specifically, Eric. Yeah, those can't hurt you. Those yeah. would never hurt me. So out of um, 
out of uh, get it yeah. out of uh, eighty uh, stingers that kill you when you sting a person and your stinger falls out, therefore you die. <laughs> wow! Which is what happens to bees? That's uh, out of eighty stingers. What do you think about this one? Eighty stingers. Stingers up. Another little sippy poo. I like it. Um, overall, very- I like it very much. Um, you know when you go to like a, a farmer's market, yeah, and you get like a local honey that someone used from like their own like bees near their house. Yep, and it's like super flowery. Yes, I like do. That. I do know exactly what you mean. Like local honey, like like whenever I see a local honey sign and you you sample their honey, it's always yeah. kind of flower has a flowery taste to it. It's interesting because if you actually do taste those, they all taste really different. Mm-hmm. Like you don't unless you do them next to each other, you probably don't notice it. But when you do, it's like whoa! And this is yeah, it's I'm like gonna- local honey. I think I'm out of 80 stingers. I'm going to give this uh, 62. Okay. I think I'm right there with you. It's got like a, um, I say this a lot and it sounds stupid, but a round flavor profile that's almost keeping it from being terribly crisp. Right. It is cold, but it's got that round thing. The honey's almost too pronounced, to, but otherwise it would be higher, but yeah, it tastes good. As a counterpoint, because you mentioned 805, 805 just has that kind of crisp, blunt taste, but it, it tastes sweet, like with a little bit of honey, but there's a, there's a, there's an edge to the finish. I don't mean to sound like a snob, but there's an edge to the finish, which is great. That's why it's kind of like a daily beer for daily me. Daily beer that, that people, everyone, I mean. Yeah, it's so popular now, but there's a good reason why it's popular. And yeah. I, I do love 805. I, I have a box of it in my garage usually all the time, just as I, I'll throw a couple in the garage, yep. in the, in the, in the refrigerator, but there's a box in there. But this one, you're right. It has like a, it's almost like a, it, it doesn't, there's no edge to it. It's like a, a smooth kind of sweet finish. And if you don't like a sweet finish too much, it takes away some points. Hard yeah. to explain. Yeah. I like it, though. So It's wh- good, but it's not like I'm going to drink six of them at the beach like I did Correct. this last weekend with a bunch of 805s. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've been known to drink quite a few 805s. They just go sitting. down. They yeah. go down so smooth. Yep. Uh, but, this cool. is, but this is great. So you're going to give it a 62 as well? I will I will concur with you on the 62 stingers. Boop. Stingers up. <laughs> stingers up. <laughs> if, if COVID ever decides to get, like, disappear. Hide his ugly head. We should go to the Yolo Brewing Company. I, I like that place. Have you been I there? think we should go to all the brewing companies. Have you been to That's Yolo? That's what though? I feel like. I have not been to that one, I don't believe. No. It's a pretty, like. In West uh, Sac? Yeah, in West Sac. It's pretty. It, it's in a warehouse. But they have some booths set up and some some chairs and, and a bar set up in there. But it is very, like, kind of just, uh, you know, it, it is a warehouse. So, I mean, there's nothing fancy about it. But. They always have food trucks that come in there that roll up to their dock doors, and you just go over there and grab some food and go inside and drink beer. Yeah, I love it. It's a great place. I, my wife and I have been there a few times, a handful of times. I love chilling at places like that. Yep. Cool. Let's do it. Yep. All right. I think we're at the point in the show, excuse me, where I need to get our buddy Tim to join us. Yeah. Let's get him on. And through the magic of technology, I have reached across the globe and pulled out a Tim Drew. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Mr. Hoffman. Good morning, Mr. Nelson. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Drew. Good evening and good afternoon. 
uh, evening. <laughs> late, 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 late night. <laughs> late, late night. Cool. Well, we were just, uh, you know, letting everyone know that this is the final show in November. And so I'm going to ask uh, Tim a very American-centric question and yeah. say, Tim, what are your Thanksgiving plans this year? <laughs> <laughs> or what? What were they? What were they? Because it was yeah, the past. What? Were they? <laughs> what, <laughs> what? What do you guys do in November? Because November is Thanksgiving, which is like the warm up to Christmas. What, what do you? What do you guys do in England? Uh, generally, we go to work and be normal. Yeah. Oh, that is unfortunate. <laughs> that is unfortunate. We get a lot of time off and we eat a lot of food. Yeah. Well, I am excited to delve into video games and catch up with you. We do have uh, a lot for catching up, so... We do, we do. Um, but, of course, first we do have... Oh, yeah, that's A little right. something I threw together. Because it's time... If I can find the button for a game show! Alright, Tim, I need the energy up. I know it's early over there, but I need to... I need to to get you guys pumped for this. Okay, I'm ready. All right, I've got six questions. We're going to do this quick. We're not going to draw this one out. Okay. These are just video game-related questions. Burger time. Eric wins. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Burger time, well Spice done. <laughs> All right, let's start I'm that ready. again. I'm Quiz ready. show number two. Eric yep. won the first one. Are you all ready? Y'all ready, ready for this? Alright. The Intellivision was a classic game console. How many bits was its processor? Ten. Nine. Eight. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three, two, one. Alright, let's see some answers. Eight bit. It, 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 you guys go. Th- you guys. It has a 16-bit processor. The, the Intellivision was the first 16-bit system. Huh? If you just go by processor. Okay. Uh, news to me as well. That's why I decided to throw it in on a little game show here. So you guys are both a whole lot of nothing to a whole lot of nothing. We're still. In- I, I knew that. But I, uh... <laughs> But it's too early. Yeah, get some more of that Starbucks. Uh, put pour more of that mermaid in your face. All right, ladies and gentlemen, a Russian cosmonaut brought home the first. Oh, brought brought the first video game to space. What was that game? Five seconds remaining. Ooh, we got two people that. Uh, oh, I think uh, you guys are confident. Oh no, I take it back. The look on Tim's face. Let's see him. Let's see what you got here. I'm going to go with the screamingly obvious and Tetris. I, I put Tetris as you well. You guys are both correct. It was the Game Boy version of Tetris, and they uh, okay brought it up there in the uh, the space vessel or what, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it's called, up into the uh, you know the the yeah super the st- sky the stratosphere. There you go. All right, one to one. Assassin Creed. Okay was originally going to be a spin-off of this popular Middle Eastern-themed game franchise. I've I've already got my game sound. I don't need to make my own, but... I've got it. I'm ready. And I hope our listeners playing at home are keeping score and and they can prove to us how much better they did than our own staff here. 
All right, let's see I'm your answers. This one. Go on, no, Eric. No answer. Eric. Eric went with. Hold on, let me get my finger on the button here. Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia is correct. So I'm up one right now, right? Tim's kicking himself. When I, I love that game. When I um, Burger Time Arabia. Well, you have to keep in mind there was like three different Prince of Persia 3D True. games on like the PlayStation consoles too. That's true. Um, I almost wrote this Persian game, and I said, no, that's too obvious. Middle Eastern, I'll just go with that. <laughs> All right, we have three left. Uh, somebody's I, in the lead, somebody's not. I'm up like one it. right now. The, the Microsoft Xbox was originally going to be called what? Ah, oh, I know this. Um, the Microsoft Xbox was originally going to be called what? I think Tim just made something click. He's moving. He's moving. He's moving and shaking. Two, one. Let's write something down. I don't know. Burger time. You get a half a point. What do you get, Tim? I put Project X, but... Ah, you guys are going to kick yourself when you hear this. It was originally going to be called the Direct X box. Oh, I didn't know Because Microsoft had Direct X. That was their gaming technology. Yeah, it's a good job they dropped that one. Yeah, that doesn't sound <laughs> good. Yeah, that's well, that's unfortunate. Eric just pulled ahead by half a point <laughs> in the uh, <laughs> for my burger time. <laughs> oh, I, I got X. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In the first Sid Meier's Civilization game, which leader started with the highest aggression rating? Was it Genghis Khan, Napoleon? Or Gandhi. <laughs> I want to make sure Tim ha- hears the pressure music. I don't. I think he's at an advantage here because he doesn't feel the blood pumping like Eric does. Do you have an answer, Eric? I th- I said Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. All right, Tim. What did you say? We are in sync, Eric. All right. This is awesome because if you pick Gandhi in this game. He has the lowest aggression score, but if you give him the d- democracy trait, yeah, it drops the score by two, thus dropping him below zero and back to 255, which is by far the most violent, aggressive trait in the entire game. Gandhi is the most aggressive leader in that game. <laughs> wow, though. <laughs> Obviously a bit of a bug. Yeah. But I love that. He was so peaceful that he went below himself and became a violent murderer. <laughs> Just, there's something to be learned there. Yep. All right. Uh, so, Eric, you have I'm two and by, a half. I'm up by one. <laughs> you have two and a half. <laughs> Tim, right. I'm going to give you a little tip here. Whatever your answer is, also say, and burger time. And burger <laughs> all right? time. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> and I think you have the advantage on this one, Tim. Uh, in fact, I kind of cheated for you. This is the last question. If you say Galaga, you get negative one. <laughs> in the UK... Oh, uh, um, these two games, FIFA 2001 and Gran Turismo 2, shipped with what special feature? Your options are a 3D manual with glasses, motion controls... Or a scratch and sniff disc. Making sure Tim feels that pressure. We'll call that time. All right, let's see if Tim was able to pull this one out. Eric, what do you get? I'm going to say motion controls. All right, Eric goes motion controls. 
I'm going to go with scratch and sniff. Tim, you just pulled up. <laughs> you know what? Tim almost tied it up, but he forgot to say burger time. Burger time. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. Scratch and sniff disc. Apparently, I didn't know that. FIFA 2001. But it uh, smell like sturdy socks. It, apparently, their tagline was "Smell the pitch." Or well, smell the pits. <laughs> or, or the pits. Well, I want to say uh, pitch. I don't even know what that is, but I'm guessing that's like the grass they it's run the, on? Or? It's the soccer field. Yeah. The, the, the pitch, field, okay. Because my kids played soccer, so I know it's called the pitch. And then Gran Turismo 2 smelled like asphalt, apparently. Ugh. All right. It should smell like gasoline. I love that right. smell, but yeah. asphalt, okay. okay. Which means you guys officially tied. We're tied. What's the tiebreaker? Oh, oh, joy. Um, <laughs> this time... The air, the uh, the uh, Eric gets the tiebreaker. So, <laughs> here is your question, Eric. Yeah, it's a two part question, as these always are. Okay. The question is, mm-hmm. how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Twelve or seventeen? <laughs> Twelve or seventeen? Twelve or seventeen? <laughs> how tired were you when you wrote this, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone knows it's 17. Oh, I am so sorry, oh. Eric. It is 12. The answer 12 is 12. Oh, my gosh. That's that a, means that, uh, I want to thank Tim Drew. You uh, win a date with Cindy Crawford. Wow. She's still... I'm not sure how to make that happen yet, but that's what you win. So she's congratulations. Still is she? She is. She All right, we might have to real. screen share and look up Cindy Crawford and see if this is a retro thing worth revisiting. Uh, good, old Cindy. good old Cindy. Yep. Cool. Congratulations, Tim. I tip my hat to you. So I think you're on point now, Eric, for the next game show. Okay. So I got to put it together? I'll do uh, it. Yep. You don't have to, but... No, I'll do it. I enjoy doing it. I think this is the... Uh, like the highlight of a month every month <laughs> laughing hysterically at my own jokes i'm up i'm gonna do it i put it on my list all right okay well guys it's time for catching up yeah catching up with eric and cody i'm up so the first thing I want to talk about was I am using my BMC 64 to its fullest potential, and I am playing through, finally, Sam's Journey. And I'm doing that, There, they released a cartridge image of that, so that you don't have to swap discs or anything. There oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. a large cartridge version that has save states and everything. Isn't that PAL only, or does that... No, not the cartridge version. It's NTSC as well. Oh, is there? Yeah. Okay. But the so, cartridge is bigger than like a. It's what it is a supernatural cartridge. I don't know how big it is or whatever. I don't know the details, but I found it online and it works fine. Well, I want to know if I can put it on my cart. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, probably I, not. It, I think... a, no, I think it's a special kind of cart image. Okay. But, um, but I've been playing through that and I've been using the save states, so I don't have to. Now they do get in Sam's Journey. They do give generous um, save points. So you really could just use the save points in the game, but I, I use the same save state, so I can literally just leave wherever I left off. But for those people that don't know, Sam's Journey is a relatively new... I think it came out in 2012, though, but I, I don't remember. It wasn't that long ago. Was it? I think it was 2018. 2018? Okay. You, you might that, be right. It was like December, though, so it was yeah. you know, um, like two years old now. 
It's a Sam's Journey is a platformer, kind of like a Mario style platformer, but it is really, really good. And I, I've played through the whole first world now, and I beat the first boss, which was the frog boss that jumps around. <laughs> um, but the game is so well balanced, and I, I, the physics, the feel of it, it, it is an outstanding game. It really is a game that would feel at home, like on a Nintendo. It like, looks uh, like I know that was kind of the goal. And that was the goal, and I will say that it is fair. It, there's never any cheap shots in the game. I mean, I really enjoy playing it, and um, I've beat the first world, and I'm just looking forward to taking my time and just moving on, keeping moving forward and playing through it. And I'm going to get through it, but it's just going to take me a while because I just play through very small windows of time. But if you guys haven't played this or gone through it you guys should try to get through it it's a great game this, i don't think we've ever talked to you about this one tim because this has kind of happened before you really <laughs> joined the show here so is that a game that you've uh i mean you you love your commodore 64 I'm, I'm assuming you've played that game yes i have the original version and i'm the silly one that picked the disc version rather than the cartridge Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> did you complete it uh no no i've i've played it a few times and um Danica and I have sat and played it a little bit, uh, but I've not actually really given it the time it deserves. Um, but it's it's one of those games I do plan to go back to, but it's not one I've sort of, sort of really sat down and and pumped a whole load of hours into. Um, it got a, a, a you know a lot of hype at the time, um, and deservedly so because it's a really nice, well polished game. Um, but it's just not one I've really sort of like put a huge amount of time into. Um, back in that time, I was kind of more uh, focused on future was 8-bit stuff. So I was more worried about the fact that it didn't really run on the SD to IEC to start off with. Oh, um, that's a good point. And then they, um, uh, oh, blimey, what was his name? Ingo Korb, um, the creator of the firmware for the SD to IEC, he um, brought out a patch. Um, not it's quite quite quick actually. I think it was only within sort of like about a week or two weeks of the release. Um, got that up and working. Um, and since then, I don't think he's brought out another patch for the SD to IEC. So it's it stayed on that firmware just so solely Sam's Journey could play. Well, it's funny because so at this point, the main reason I haven't played it is that it is. I cannot play it on original hardware because they do not have an NTSC version that works with. The stuff I have without a without a memory upgrade. Yeah, so right. the only way I could you, don't you? Yeah. <clears throat> the only way I could play it is obviously to emulate or to emulate using my C sixty four mini. Yeah, or which bil- oh, which which, which actually they right. came out with a whole version for the mini, which actually is really nice and it works great. Yeah, I so tried I, it on there too. I need to do it. In fact, if you look on my board up there, Eric, yeah. of things to play, I have two items, and the very first one. Sam's Journey. Sam's Journey. <laughs> you really will love it. It's oh, a I know game. I will. And it's not a perfect game. I mean, I think arbitrarily they throw in like the changing of the because the the whole mechanic is behind changing his uniform, which is very Super Mario Three. Yeah, so he'll change his uniform and it gives him some kind of special power. But sometimes I just wish that you could play the game more without having to change the suit. I mean. It seems like in certain places in the game, it's just thrown in and you know that when you see a suit coming that you're going to need it to do something. So yeah. it kind of telegraphs what it's trying to do. And I gotcha. So, but, but it, God, the game is beautiful. It runs great. And I, I've been really, really enjoying it. So I'm going to get through it. I'm, gonna, I'm just taking my time with it. Very cool. What do you think's better, Mayhem in Monsterland or Sam's? 
I think Sam's has the edge. I love Mayhem in Monsterland, and I did make a push to beat that many years ago, five or six years ago. And I don't, I don't think I finished it, but I do like that game a lot. But here in NTSC land, it is a little glitchy. Like it's yeah, not. I've, I've never played it clean. It's not perfect here, so that's one of the reasons Sam's Journey runs great. I mean, I don't have any problem with it, but I am playing it on BMC in PAL mode. So, I mean, who knows? I don't know. Sounds like I need to sort you guys out some PAL 64s, don't I? Well, I I have a PAL 64, so don't send me one, but I have one. That's right. Eric does have one. I do have one, yep. Uh, But since getting the Ultimate 64, I can just switch on the fly, so I just use that. Or if I use, if I build my bare metal, I can just pick you the pal. Just, if you do your bare metal, you can do that. And the new Commodore One Twenty Eight game that we just talked about—that um, is true. There's the news. Uh, so we're going to um, keep the. Go ahead, Tim. Go what's ahead. up? No, it's all right. I was just just going to mention Showdown. That's all because I think you covered that in the news as well, didn't you? That's the one we were talking about. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and and I'm gonna I'm gonna load it up in the BMC. Why not? I mean, I got the Commodore One Twenty Eight all perfect, perfectly lined up there. So I'm gonna try that game out. Speaking of uh, journeys, I took a journey to the uh, Nintendo eShop. Yeah. We're still going to do segues, by the way, Tim. Yeah, try to do segues. Try to keep up. This is part of the the show now, and it's hilarious and fun. Um, (laughs) And when I went on that journey, I found a little nugget called Hotshot Racing, which you guys already both enjoyed immensely. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I love the visual. I love everything about the game, Mm -hmm. but... I am finding it just w- way too easy at this point. Uh, I kind of already found that when I was playing with you, Eric. Yeah. And uh, now that I'm playing it, because my strategy, of course, is always to win. Mm-hmm. And I kind of found that if you just stay in the back the whole time and yeah. and um, get in the, the slip line of everybody, you yeah. gain a whole bunch of boost until you get like five. You wait until about halfway through the last lap and just boost a bunch, you win. Almost every time. Hmm. And I, I don't find it challenging, unfortunately. Like, I want to love it. I love the physics. I love how everything's built. I just feel like the rubber banding they have built in is way too lenient. Huh. So I'm not, like, drawn to keep playing it. Yeah. I want to be. I have to admit, I haven't used that strategy where I just stay behind and just suck up boost the whole time. But yeah. maybe if I tried that... So, I mean, I don't know if I'm just, by doing that, I'm breaking the game and making it boring for myself, but now that I know yeah, it works, I, I can't not do I, it. I found that just relatively recently as well, and I kind of worked that one out, and um, eventually that was about the only way I could actually really beat Danica on the game, is to do that. Ouch! That. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, though! <laughs> so, do you agree, Tim, or are you still in- are you able to enjoy it now that you know that, or...? Uh, well, I mean, for me, I, I've not played it a huge amount of, you know, just one player. It's a game that Danica and I all sit down and enjoy. So um, the opportunities that I get to beat her at games, I, I'm quite happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I just clicked a button. I could see the screen light up in your eyes. Did that Did that just happen? Or when I hit these buttons, I'm going to hit buttons here. Look at that, that, that. Sorry, I'm playing with Skype at this point. Okay. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, uh, Skype and all of it, the power it has, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I think it was on the last episode on news. Um, yeah, um, I put in about the new Commodore power supplies yeah. from a company called Keylog. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never really um, 
uh, bought uh, any new power supplies for my kit. So I decided to take the plunge and see what these ones are like. So I bought myself um, the Commodore 64 dual tail one. So nice. the one that was the 64 and the so 1541. You've oh, been yeah. living with like the bloated old ones that want to destroy your Commodores? Yeah. <laughs> but they, they've all been tested and voltage checked and all that sort of thing. So um, I'm quite happy using those particular ones. Um, but I have a massive box full of the old stuff. Um, but do you want to see them? I've yeah. got them just on here. Sure. I would love to see what you're packing. <laughs> so this it, it looks like is, a box of donuts, actually. Yeah. yeah, box of donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Um, this is the Amiga 500 one. So, again, apologies for the listeners. Um, it's very visual. Um, but it's uh, a lot smaller than the yeah, normal um amiga power brick um quite compact uh still got, got the power switch on on there for on and off obviously yep. and then you've got the amiga power connector oh that's that, cool it's got like a little um light that lights up when you switch it on so that's really good the, a and, logo that says amiga on the front there yeah lights up. and uh just to to attest to this uh one of my 600s have been playing up a bit um, and has been giving me gurus and all those sort of lovely, wonderful things that you see on the Amiga. And um, this plugging this power supply in, I've not had a single guru on that one. So that oh, particular wow. power supply I was using must have been giving me some problems. So that was really cool. That's great. Very cool. Now he's going for another box of donuts. This looks like uh, the glaze. <laughs> so this one is the... The Commodore 64 and um, the 1541-2 power. Also, and C-128. the 1581 and the 1570 and all the others, uh, 1571. Um, so, yeah, so that's got the the two power cords on the end there. Oh, yeah. Um, so you've got the that one's uh, that will also do um, the CD32 as well, because that's all compatible, as we as we found out, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and that's the Commodore 64 end. This one's nice because it's got like a little touch display on it. Um, so it gives you the voltages and all that sort of stuff that you're currently running yeah. at, which is really nice. That's pretty high tech. And now both of the ones you got are black, but they also have, uh, I want to say beige and white. Yeah, they have, they have different color ones, and they also do one for the uh, Commodore 128 as well. Oh, and um, obviously that the Commodore 64 one will also do the VIC-20. Oh, wow. Nice. Way cool. Very nice. Power supplies are, go. good, so are power, good to power have. Power supply to power supply, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so my next thing is a uh, a tragedy. So I don't know if we have tra oh, no, tragic we music. Yes, we do, Eric. <laughs> this what is happened? a tragedy. So my Saturn was showing horizontal lines. No. Oh. So we've I, all been there. Yep, I re, I researched that and it said, "Hey, it's the power supply is going bad. Just replace your power supply." So I went online and I found an eBay auction that had these little like Pico PSU um, like Saturn. I mean, these things are tiny. I, I don't know if you've seen them, but I didn't. I, I meant to bring mine, but I didn't bring it. Th they really are very small. And I thought, oh, cool, I'll just mount that in there. And there was clear instructions. Everything was very, very clear how to plug that in. So I do it all. It's very simple. Plug it in. And it powers up. So I got to the screen in the Saturn where it was asking for the date and time and all that. 
But every time I'd put a disc in, the the light would dim and yeah. and it would never load the game. And I was like, well, what's going on? I mean, this this doesn't make sense. So I go and I research it more online. And this is unfortunately after I bought it. And I found a forum where they're like, hey, there's a guy and they're like, hey, this is doing the same. It was showing the same symptoms as I was having. And the guy, a guy responded back to him saying, yeah, that's only if you have an SD card solution in your Sega Saturn. It will not power the, the CD-ROM. And I was like, what? I didn't read that anywhere in the description in the eBay Garbage. auction. I didn't read that anywhere. It was nowhere on the internet that I looked up because I, I did my research to make sure it worked because there are three different versions of the Saturn, the VA0, the VA1, the VA2. And I did all my research to find out I got the right power supply for the right version. I never read anywhere that it doesn't support the CD-ROM. Hmm. That so, sucks. So you yes. took him to court like a good American. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, so I just was like, well, I'm bummed out because someday I'll probably will get an SD solution for my Saturn. So I put it in the box, put it in the garage. But Positivity, Eric. Exactly. But <laughs> the um, the only like slight upside to this is, is very weird. I put the old power supply back in so I could play the game that we're doing in Battle of the Systems, and the horizontal lines went away. <laughs> Really? Wow. <laughs> and and now I did I did look at the old power supply and I kind of was looking and moving capacitors around to see if there was any corrosion or anything. I don't know what I did, but I don't get the lines right now. <laughs> got the magic touch. I got the magic touch. The old one's back in and it works and I I played through our game with no problem at all. By the way, a, yeah. completely off topic here. Yep. Not a segue at all. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But I am so proud, by the way, when I listened to the last episode that I just listened to. Okay. Um, that Tim double checked and I got the correct air supply song. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder when someone was going to say about that. I no, was no so happy. <laughs> at this point, when I talk on the microphone, <laughs> I don't. When I talk on the microphone at this point, I just assume that people are going to say no, wrong, mm-hmm. wrong. Right. I have very little confidence in myself, guys. Sad music. No, you you nailed it, Cody. You were there, man. <laughs> now I'm going to do it in my Michael McDonald voice. Yeah, go and sing it. Sing it for us, man. <laughs> Last in <love. laughs> um, Now, I'm going to hop off topic again, because mm-hmm. before I get to my next topic, Eric, you and I are fresh out of beer. Yes, we are. And this oh, can't happen. We're jumping in. Okay. So while we go ahead and get this beers ready, I also want to pass a little bit of feedback on to Tim, since you haven't heard it yet. Okay. You bring forth the beers. Well, my beer's a surprise, so let me... Oh, okay, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. I won't, I won't look. Um, I had someone tell me that the Tea Time with Sig- tea time with Tim segment went from being great and informative to very, very entertaining. That last one, <laughs> and I listened to it, was really good. You got... So, you, unfortunately, you set your, the bar so high that uh, you can't come down now, and you need to put in... It sounded like you did a lot of time on that one, so... I did. I did put a lot of time <laughs> in that one. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was, it it was one of the. I wouldn't say it was the most fun, but I think just that uh, the the randomness of of picking out the games and all that sort of stuff, and just uh, literally just uh, oh, that hop it was just absolutely awful. Hop it. <laughs> I kind of want to play the ZX eighty one version though now. 
Yeah, Fro- Frogger ZX81 yeah. is absolutely brilliant. I couldn't believe that. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, so, I, I know I trashed the ZX81, but um, I, I, I think I've eaten my words here that there does look like there's some really awesome games on that. So I think I'm going to have to dig out my ZX81 and start playing that. So may- maybe we should do uh, some ZX81 games. Maybe we should do, sure. yeah, six good, uh, six good um, oh, crap. 81 or C16 games. Because <laughs> I think our fellow Amigos Retro Gaming Network yeah. um, channel, ARG, they did uh, some ZX81 stuff with Minor 49 or, um, was it uh, ZX Minor or something? I can't remember what it's called now. Um, and that was by Farmyard Software. And I think that's one I recommended to you, Cody, to play. Um, so, yeah, I think we should we should get some ZX81 action in. Awesome. Cool. Is it Sinclair Timex 1000? Yeah. Although I got exactly. a true Sinclair ZX... Uh, and I can play yeah. it. I can play it on my Mister, so I don't need to go buy one. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I also will take a quick moment before we get too far. Uh, I know it's broken record, right? But I literally did almost nothing retro this month, so I only have like two more things to talk about. So I'm leaning in you guys for the retro entertainment. Sure. Um, I will point out the reason of that, and I don't need to get into too much detail. Was and I kind of hinted before. I after saving up for 15 years, I got my dream car, so I'm stoked about that. But it's that the process is taking up all my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the good news is at this point, I don't need to like buy and sell a whole bunch of things to try to make money constantly anymore, which was the goal for that for 15 years. Yeah. So now, uh, moving forward, I'm hoping this is like all systems go. Cool. If I want it, I can keep it. So I'm excited about that. That is awesome. Good stuff. Congratulations. Good stuff. And I'm excited about beer. Yeah. We should drink this one. Um, I have not seen it yet. So go ahead and you can take a look. This is my so what mother. What you got there, guys? Tell me, tell me, tell me. This is by Mother Earth Brew Company, which we've had before. It is Cali Creamin again. Really? Yep. Okay. But, which is a vanilla cream ale, but nice. this is nitro. So Nitro. Basically, it is brewed differently, where instead of high carbonation, it is brewed with part nitrogen and part carbon dioxide so it's gonna be super silky smooth it's gonna be super silky smooth and super creamy but there is a special way to pour this so you open it let's do this together well i need a i need my glass yep oh here it is you open this together and you're supposed to pour pour real quick into your glass with nitro power straight in don't do it at an angle straight into the glass it actually says on the front flip can upside down and pour hard down the center of glass correct so, so I'm going to make grunting noises. So just like this. So ah! is the idea to, to pour straight down then? Is that for the oxygenation or something? I don't know. Ah! It's all witchcraft. <laughs> Although I can't, I have to stop at some point before it pours on my pants. It's like, it's like pouring a Guinness, isn't it? It's got to be slow, smooth, and steady. And again, this is a tall boy. Uh, Sorry, but- I had to take a sip because it was about to pour on my pants. Yeah, that's okay. Um, um, so this is alcohol, 5% by content. Um, it is the Cali Creamin, which we've had on the show before, and we both really, really liked. Um, but this is the nitro version, and it's in a tall boy. So I don't know how you do something that requires waiting mm-hmm. in a manner that is hard. I don't know how to pour hard. Pour hard, man. Come on. <laughs> you turn it over and then pour hard by waiting while yelling into the air. Yeah. Cody, you've never poured hard. Come on, man. Uh, well, you know, Cheers. I'm trying to keep Let, up. We got a good pour, though. I mean, the head is 
perfectly it is frothy, frothy and, and hard poured. So cheers, Eric, cheers. I don't oh, have cheers. my buttons here. Nice. Boom. Ooh. Tim, of course, with his morning coffee because he is Happy not a heathen and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is a holiday at this point, which. I don't even know at this point. Is the original meaning still hold true? We're giving thanks. Yep. We're giving thanks for the food and the people and the. You want to rate stuff. this right away? Or are we well, going to give it some time? I will say I like it. Um, mm. The original, the other California creaming is it tastes like you're drinking a dessert popsicle. Yeah, exactly. This one mellows it out. Yeah, it very the nitro ma- mellows it, it, it out. Makes it super smooth. And another thing I read I read about this beer is that you have to drink it within 30 minutes because it will go flat. Oh, yeah, yeah. The nitrogen is actually converted into bubbles that float into the air, and it will go flat within 30 minutes. Can I, can I just inhale all the fumes and just basically yeah. do a whip it? Sure. You do. I'm going to get weird this episode, guys. You do you, man. <laughs> you do you. It, it really mellows out the flavor. It's not anywhere near as intense as the normal one. Yeah. I can't tell if I like that better or worse, actually. Yeah, because the other one is definitely more upfront in your face, like, whoa, this is like a vanilla creamsicle. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is Same, more... That's the creamsicle one, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. But this is more like a very smooth beer that has a slight vanilla taste to it. Do you know what Ooh. I mean? I th- I'm going to be honest. I think I like it a little less. Yeah, that's fair. I just thought it was interesting. That's why I bought it. I was like, oh, wow, the same beer we like, but in a different format. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's yeah, cool. All right. So here's do our- you don't think it's a better beer, but do you think it's a better beverage? Oh. I think this is a better beer. I think it is a less good beverage. That's true. I think it tastes right. like a beer. The other one doesn't. This definitely tastes more beer. Yes. So I'm going to go ahead and change up. Our rating scale, yeah, all over again. Okay, this is a Siskel and Ebert. Okay, thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm doing a thumbs up, thumbs up, done. Two thumbs up, two thumbs up. All right, um, it's a binary system. That was a binary go. system, zero or one. I got my copy of Zeno Crisis and Tanglewood. Bam, and so does Look at Eric. That, Tim, where's your camera? Bam, nice for the Evercade. I still um, haven't got mine yet. You ordered it though, right? Uh, not yet. Oh, okay. So this is the one I've been waiting for. This is the one that really, when I heard it was announced, this is the one that made me buy the Evercade. Um, and I have played both games a little bit. Do we? Do we save the game? I don't want to go another. I segment said it. Tanglewood and uh, Xeno Crisis. And Xeno Crisis. Yep. Yeah, I, I thought I said it. Okay. Anyways, uh, this is my favorite. Evercade game and my second favorite Evercade game. Really? Xeno Crisis favorite, yeah. Tanglewood second. Oh, so you love Xeno Crisis. Xeno Crisis is amazing. Yeah, I got it on Switch, so I played it quite a bit on there. Correct. I, I got have, it on here. I I've, waited for this. I've only played it um, maybe a half an hour each game, and I'm still a little confused with Tanglewood trying to get through it, but I did play... it. Tanglewood's beautiful. Great game. I mean, so far, it's all fluid. Uh, it takes you a while to get used to the momentum of your little fox, because the momentum, like, trying to get him to stop. You can't handle that fox. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Xeno Crisis is a great... It's it's exactly the same as the Switch version. I mean, it's great to play. It's a lot of fun. Awesome, uh, like, Smash TV-style yep. uh, shooter. Yep. 
um, twin stick shooter, and it works perfect because the controller has your D-pad on one side and basically a D-pad on the other side with the buttons. Yeah, and you level up, and I, I it's awesome. The the graphics are amazing. The bosses are different and unique and fun. Yep, by far my favorite game. And like you said, Tanglewood, which is kind of it, it's kind of disguised as a platformer, but it is more of like a almost like a dizzy game. Where yeah. you kind of like uh, have to run around collecting things to figure out how to get past the puzzle yep. to the, go to the next level. You're right. But it's a platformer in how you do that. Yeah, one, um, thing, one thing that's really awesome is this manual. It is a flip manual. See this, Tim? So you, like, you flip it, and then you read the instructions, you flip it again, you read the instructions, blah, blah, blah. Nice. But, but you know, these these in these dark days, there's no manuals for games anymore. And so I applaud this. I applaud yeah. it. Oh, that's why I love this. The the box, the the um, artwork on the front, the fact that it has a manual, mm-hmm. and in the case of like you and I both of Tanglewood, we tried to play it without the manual. Yeah, we needed it. You you have to have it. We had yeah. to go in there and figure out what we were doing. I was confused because when you start, you don't realize there's a special button. Right. Because until you get a special power up, you can't use a special button. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I th- I think I'm I'm definitely gonna play the heck out of Xenocrisis. Hopefully, I can beat it. But it's difficult as heck. But it's fun. Yeah. And then uh, what's cool though is like Tanglewood, for example, mm-hmm. is the Evercade inherently has um, save states built in. And I've been using them in this game. Yeah. So for that game, I'm going to just save state it, and I'm not. It's not a game I'm going to want to like play over again once I get through it. Yeah. But I agree. I'm enjoying it for now. So Tim, get on that. Got to buy that. You're yeah, never- I've got the because I've I've not played either of those games, and obviously we've talked a, a fair deal about both of them, um, yeah. and I've I've been waiting for that, but I've had other distractions this month that you'll see. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> All right, it, Tim. Was so- it a sports car of your dreams? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so in Xeno Crisis, one of the weapons is like a little laser that zaps you. So tell us something about that, Tim. How do you yeah, zap? Nice, nice segue, Eric. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. So, so this this month I've bought a few bits and pieces, and one of them is I've been trying to get hold of some issues of the original Zap sixty four magazine. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, I've uh, they, they go for a fair bit of money over here. Um, a bit of dosh. And, yeah, gosh, uh, I don't know that I, one. I managed managed to find a few sort of like on the cheap governor. Um, so here we are. <laughs> so I've Ooh. got some very nice Zap sixty four. So for everyone listening, this is the July nineteen eighty seven. Looks like Whizball. Whizball, uh, yeah. With, uh, Whizball on the front. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Why is Whizball in front of the uh, U.S. monument that is? Uh, what do you call that? Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Why is Whizball on Mount Rushmore? Hey, it's just the way it goes, man. I don't understand that. Whizball gets around. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some link there somewhere. I can't remember what it is. Um, That's very unique. Anyway, in this particular episode, uh, Whizball gets a Zap Sizzler. Yes. There you go. Well deserved. Um, it gets a... What was it? Ninety-six uh, percent overall. Um, sound is fabulous. Title tune and, ging- and, and, and gingles, <laughs> jingles, jingles, jingles. And good right. spot effects. Um, so yeah, that's that's. Um, Zap wasn't much about editing, apparently. With, with the gingles, 
<laughs> Gingles. Um, yeah, so that one's the 1987. It looks uh, in good one, shape. Those look yeah. in good shape, too. It's kind of sad that when, when you open the magazine, like, it actually took me back that it has color inside. Because yeah. when, yes. when I think computer magazine, yeah. I think black and white and, like, people, like, cutting and pasting and photocopying things. Like, that was the computer magazines over here. Yeah. Yeah, no, these these are these are full on and this the artwork on this and I think you'll like this one as Eric as well, Eric. Oh Gunship yeah. roars in. Perfect. So this is the um April nineteen eighty seven. Um and they they just just to let people know these were one British pound, a whole pound back in the day. Wow. Um uh this one's got some nice stuff. Uh one of the games um is a uh, fire trap which gets a good review which is a nice um uh shooter so again very visual sorry about this um but i thought i'd show you this one that's a really good one and i think that's one we ought to play uh, fire trap state. fire trap oh yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good one so that one is by electric dreams what type of game uh, is that came out on disc and tape and that one got an 88 percent um, and Gary Penn even liked that one, and Julian Rignall, so everyone was happy with that one. What type of game is that? It looks almost like um, uh, a Dreadnought Factor to me. Yeah. Well, no, it's, no, it's just like a, you know, it's just a normal shooter, uh, a bit like um, Neutron and okay. um, like a vertical Zeta scrolling wing. Zeta Wing. Yeah. Zeta. <laughs> uh, so th this one these these two i remember very profoundly uh, because i had them back in the day um so this one is uh snowed under by software um and this one is uh february 1987 so this one's got just like masses and masses of reviews of games there was loads of games that's my favorite that i time. love just reviews and i actually um, like the artwork on that one even though it's really simple yeah just the feel of that one oh look at the christmas yeah. special yeah, I don't care Christmas for the artwork on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's um, uh, all of the reviewers. So all of the guys that work on the magazine, uh, that's them in angelic uh, choir singing form. Singing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, and even, even just sort of like the artwork on the adverts, you just flip through the pages. Yeah, and, art uh, kung fu just, too. Just the ad it's worth it just for the artwork alone. And then there's um, the reader's letters inside as well. Some of the stuff that they write in there is just absolutely hilarious. So um, I'm going to get one, maybe two of these over to you guys. Oh, sweet. Because, uh, Tim, they didn't... Like, I would have loved to have a game that was... Oh, I'm sorry, a magazine based on games. Like, all the magazines here tried to squish, like, games and productivity software and make those, like, Computes Gazette and Run were the two big ones here. And I, I'd still get them all the time. Like, those are the two magazines I'd get as a kid. Like, I'd go and buy them. And... You'd go to the six pages of games, and that was it? That was, like, six... Exactly. Six pages yeah. of games, and the rest were talking about disk drives or productivity software or blah, blah, blah. How to get they, the most out of your word processor, page 19 of 27. They were just very business-oriented, but there were there were a few pages on games, not good reviews, but, like, kind of just their... Actual bits about the software. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This, this is the game you used a joystick in port too. You move yeah. left, right, up and down. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was horrible. I mean the the state when I mean I and, and I love those magazines. Don't get me wrong, because I mean that's all I had as a kid, but if I would have known about something like Zap as a kid, that would have blown my mind. Like those would have blown my mind because yeah. those were 
by gamers for gamers. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, there was nothing like that here. Well, and that's no- why, well, until you got to consoles. And, right. And that's yep. why Nintendo yep. Power to me was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And then for my friends who had uh, Game Pro was the other big one. Yeah. Which was pretty much everything but Nintendo. Right. Um, and you had like PlayStation, Ed- well, there was Edge magazine, and there was like. That was some- a little later, but yeah. Yeah. But back in the day with the microcomputers, there was nothing. Computes Gazette and Run were the two ones. I heard Ahoy was here, but Ahoy wasn't around like where I lived. I never saw yeah. it on the newsstands. Well, and I think to be fair, yeah, over here, video games meant console. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know before the uh, kind of in between the Atari and the NES, mm-hmm. there's a period where the Commodore was kind of the games machine. Yeah. But, you know, the crash in 83 and whatnot, I mean, it really started with the Nintendo and Nintendo Power, from from what I can tell. Now, I, right. I didn't live in the time, you know, before 83, yeah. obviously. But anyways, I, I think that had a big part of it. It was just, what are you going to put in the magazine? Well, what's profitable? Yeah. And it wasn't games. So, as Tim goes searching again here. <laughs> Um, really quick, I have a really lame one, but I wanted to point this out. Okay. Um, I'll, while, while Tim searches through his catalog. Oh, there we go. Look at an, an NES, Nintendo Entertainment System advertisement yeah. in Zap64. How sacrilegious is that? Exactly. And I, I never realized that this advert had ever appeared in a Zap64. And this sort of like blew my mind when I was just literally just opened this one up. And it's the full on um two like page Nintendo nes set so it's got the what was the rob, uh, Robbie rob the, the robot, robot. Or, yeah yeah um and this was actually distributed by a completely random name company so over here in the uk nintendo was distributed by high-tech electronic services limited in rickmansworth <laughs> road watford <laughs> i wonder why it didn't catch on over there yeah, I mean it was it was in all the big stores, so Hamleys, Toys R Us, yeah, um, yeah, and various other. Oh, and Woolworths. There you go. It was in Woolworths. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there we go. That's the issues of Zap sixty four. Well, here's my other lame uh, catching up. Okay, and it's kind of a talking tech, which I have a button for. I haven't hit it a long time, so I'm going to hit it real quick. Okay. Talking tech. So, if you guys have not done this, this is just a kind of a quick reminder for anybody who collects old systems. Yeah. Go on right now, if you don't already have these, and go buy in bulk a whole bunch of 2032 batteries. 2032, right? 2032 coin cell batteries. Oh, yeah. I just People don't... When you lose these, you lose like your memory and your data, and it sucks. Specifically with our Battle of the Systems this month. I just changed mine in my Saturn. On the Saturn. Saturn. Yep. And I always have like 10 of these on hand, and I had run out. And luckily, I work at it for an electrical supplier. Yeah. So I can get these 2032s from Energizer for about 93 cents each. Oh, wow. That's but I know like at, like a lot of the stores, they sell them for like three to five bucks. Yep. They have a lot of markup in them. But if yep. you buy these in bulk, just go buy them in bulk. Okay. That's my fun tip for the day. Nice. So boring. But yeah, you'll use these in your in your Saturn. Um, Dreamcast, your Dreamcast, Dreamcast. VMUs. Yep. Um, uh, actually, it's a different battery in all the Game and Watches, but buy those too. Yep, um, slightly different in the Dreamcast as well. I think, isn't it? Isn't uh, it, um, is it? A, a slightly different version of the CR two hundred three two? 
Um, doesn't it? Is it not a higher capacity or something like that? I can't remember what it is in the Dreamcast. It, it could be. There's, uh, the thing is, I know all you these... can use the two hundred three two in there, but I don't think that was the original style of battery that went in there in terms of the exact model. Yeah, gotcha. The thing about all these coin cell batteries is they're all three volts. Yeah. So they all do the same exact dang thing. They're just different sizes, and you know everything. There's like twenty different sizes between a, the tiniest hearing aid battery all the way up to right. Um, there's not too much bigger than the 2032, but right. anyways, you'll need these. They come in handy. Yep. Have them on hand. That's all. Cool. Lame, but... No, it's important. Because, uh... Here these you, tips. Because you can't... Yeah, well, the thing is, you don't think about it, but we're playing a game for the Battle of Systems, and I found myself... Uh, when you turn off the system, you basically have, like, 10 seconds... To turn it back on, otherwise the bat the if your battery is dead, yeah. the capacitor lowers its voltage too low and your memory gets dumped, and then you lose your saves. Yeah. Even if you have a RAM cart in the back, you have to actually turn it back on and drag the save from the system to the RAM cart to save it. So you got to do that real quick and remember and don't forget, otherwise you've lost your game. That's true. So and and it goes about every six months these things go through. So anyways. Yeah. I was surprised how fast my Sega Saturn actually eats up through eats through batteries. Yeah, I mean it's 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 about the same with the Game and Watch too. It's about six months. Yeah, you're right. So I got another yeah. tragedy. I got another tragedy to talk about. <coughs> oh, another Eric tragedy. It hasn't been a great tech month for me. It really <laughs> no, hasn't. No. This is, and this is the most disappointing one. So. I I bought a Tandy eleven hundred FD DOS machine. So this is a one of those uh, laptops where the screen pops up and it's a LCD screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not it's not you know high tech VGA graphics or anything. It's the very this one came out in 1989, and it was by Tandy, and I'm a big fan of Radio Shack. But it was I mean there are games for DOS from that early on, like Text Adventures and a few very basic graphic ones. But I've always wanted one of these, and I found this one for 80 bucks on eBay, and it was in pristine condition. Nice. So, I mean, you look at it, and it looks like somebody put it on a shelf and didn't touch it. I mean, it's all white, no discoloration. Beautiful, right? Did it come through in the original box? It did not. Nope, it did not. But it's it just was, been looked after. It, it was loose, but it did have its power supply. But it was looked after. It looked amazing, and I was so happy, and it worked. You could turn it on. Now, the battery didn't work. The battery was there, but it didn't hold a charge. Mm-hmm. But when you plugged it in, everything works. Everything worked. Deskmate, because Tandy had this Deskmate, which is kind of like a very, very early kind of Windows environment. Um, everything worked. But the floppy drive didn't work. It's a 3.5-inch uh, floppy drive, but it's a 720K. Um, not a 1.44 megabyte, but a 720k. Um, but and it's well known that these the the uh, floppy belt melts the belt, the rubber belts. Yeah, yep. The rubber belt turns into goo, and you have mm-hmm. to clean it completely, clean it off, and then replace the belt. So I ordered a couple belts, and I was happy as a clam. I was like, okay, I ordered new belts, and I'm going to replace this floppy drive belt, and and everything's going to be great. And take and taking this thing apart was like um, taking this thing apart was I mean it was like origami like Japanese origami like you had to fold this and do that and unscrew this and 
I mean, like 50 screws later, and I had this thing flayed out in front of me. I got to the floppy drive. I got it out. And sure enough, the the belt was gone. It was it was on Ugh. the bottom of the case. It was all goo, and I had to take a Q tip with alcohol and like clean off the spindles. And I did Been that. Been that, yeah. Had and become I, goo, and it was perfect. Everything was going great. Took that off, put a belt on, and I, I slapped this belt on there, and it didn't work. Okay, no big deal. I was like, okay, that's fine, uh, and. But but first of all, I put it all back together, which was a mistake, and it didn't work. And then I had to take it all back apart, and and then it still didn't work. But I was gonna try like a few different things, clean the spindle a little better, whatever. And I'm sitting here, and I'm doing this over and over again to get this belt to work, and then it just didn't boot up again. Like one no. try, it didn't boot up again. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, why is this not booting up? And I get my voltmeter out, and I test the power supply. And it's delivering 12 volts like it's supposed to. I, I test the switch and it's working. I have no idea why it's not booting anymore, but it's not booting. So I, I didn't bring it in. I was going to show you guys it, but it, it I don't want to put it back together until it works. Ugh. So I put it in a plastic box because I had to finish up my, my homework assignments for Pixel Gaiden. <laughs> um, but I put it aside because I do want to play like some DOS games on it and just like do some DOS things in it. And it's a really cool collector's item, but it looks cool. It it it, it doesn't boot anymore. When those things happen, I get this pit in my stomach. I can't yep. get rid of. Yep. So I, yeah. I, I, I feel Eric, Eric for you. put it in the box of disappointment. I did. It's exactly what I did. I put it in the box of the broken dreams at the moment. That is. No, it's the worst. And I faced this before. Like I had a ColecoVision that I was repairing and it didn't work. And that same thing happened. Like this doesn't work anymore. But this one like really gets to me because it was in, it was in, you can't find these in mint condition anymore. And this was in mint condition. And I've sitting here tinkering with this stupid floppy drive and which you can't do anything with with this machine without the floppy drive so you have to fix that but it now won't even boot and i have no idea why i i didn't move or touch anything it just stopped booting so crazy is that with the floppy drive in is it yep so that's with Did the floppy with it out as well yep i tried that and uh i got my voltmeter out and i'm testing voltages i think it's probably some kind of short on the motherboard um, cause there's a bunch of shielding on it. And like I said, this thing is not easy to take apart to begin with. I don't know. I'm going to, I, I was so disheartened. I threw it in that disappointment box and I'll go back to it someday. But like, I just got tired of not, like I wanted to get back tired to playing disappointment. games. Yeah. I, tired of disappointment. I did the same thing. It's one of those things where you've got to just box it. Yep. And you've got to accept what do you have to? What is it? It's acceptance, right? Stage yeah. like it, the twelve-step program. Yeah, you're yeah. in acceptance, and you need to get there until we, now you can look at it and say like, that's a project that I can make happen. Yeah, it's not a failure anymore. It's a it's an opportunity now. Yeah. But no, I get that. It's like my wife doesn't get it, but I'm like, yeah, I literally can go to my game room and I have forty plus systems that work, but this one is the one I'm trying to fix, and yeah. I made it worse. Yeah. And yeah. I hate life right now because I made that worse. And my wife hates it's it because... It's so dumb, but it really is. Yeah, I get it. I my get wife it. hates it because I'm the kind of guy who I can't move on. Like, mm -hmm. like I am so, I'm thinking about it and I'm buying stuff. And in fact, I brought this because it's a, 
It's a three and a half inch floppy drive that you can plug in USB to a modern system. Okay. Yeah. But I bought it so I can make discs for that machine. That That's the work. only reason I bought it was to make discs for the pile of disappointment. For the pile of disappointment. <laughs> and so I spent like you know, thirty bucks on this or whatever, and like I can't even uh, use it now. And uh I I like I don't want to even think about it anymore, but I wanted to bring it up. But now I got to move on for a little bit, and then I'll come back to it and try to troubleshoot it. Eric, but, we're yeah. here. We're here for you. Yeah, I might we, need. We help. understand. Yep. But we're here I've, for you. I've got that right, right behind me. I've got a massive, big uh, plastic container full of Amiga disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a whole bunch of A500s in there, which are in various different states of disrepair at the moment, and um, that some of them I've, I've sort of like, like, like you know. Sim- similar situation where I've kind of like made them worse um, or yeah. others which are just literally you know I, I I will get round to doing them one day but I think I've got like six in there and I really do need to get onto those because the A500s over here are just starting to get generate silly money even broken ones two broken A500s sold the other day for 120 pounds oh wow it's ridiculous it's actually not bad <laughs> yeah it's nuts. I think it's uh, just wait, 100, the, the 120 alone, each. You know? uh, no, for the for the two, 120 That's pounds. That's not bad. That's not no, bad. That's not bad. You know, I mean, I, I've got yeah. boxed A500s up over there. Two or three of them. One of them I know I, is absolutely pristine, in condition, and I picked that up at our, one of our car boot sales um, for five pound. That's, know, years that's and awesome. Years, and years ago. So yeah. You know, it's, That's it's, crazy. It's just, it's just crazy. Anyway, where where are we going next? So this this Tandy is as far removed from a modern system as you can get, but but no, mo- it's not. What my neighbor just picked up a modern system, and what is that? Actually, it's not. Actually, at this point, it's actually a, a it last generation system. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm 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 adding news because I find this interesting. And again, I don't have a whole lot to talk about, but I do find this interesting. So my neighbor, my my buddy next door. Uh, next door neighbor. Uh, he's a uh, respiratory therapist. Works at a hospital. Yeah. Uh, hasn't owned a video game machine since I think like the original PlayStation. Okay. And he's got two sons now. At this point, I want to say eight and four. Mm. Good age. Um, very very young. And he finally decided he was going to get them a video game console for the eight year old's birthday. So he just bought his first PlayStation Four. Is what he decided with, and I think it's a good choice. Yeah. No reason to go with the brand new one and pay a ton more. So I got a PlayStation Four, and I just I love it because he's like asking me these questions that are so straightforward. But since he's been out of it so long, yeah. Um, but he picked up games I loved. He picked up Sonic because his kids would probably want to play a Sonic game. Yeah. Uh, he picked up Street Fighter Two. That's because he wanted to play a fighting game with him. Love him. Um, and then he picked up Madden because he wants he he wanted play football yep and i just got a kick out of it. He, he loaded up madden and started like playing with this kid and this kid's like what's a down and i guess he just shut it off <laughs> tim probably doesn't know but no you do know tim you follow American I, do football. Know. I do know you, you you would be one of the few but uh he, but yeah his kid's like what do you mean it's fr- what second down what what does that mean he's like all right we're turning this off we're gonna go to the backyard you're gonna learn football first yeah um wow. and then um but I just thought it was fun. He wanted to beat the crap out of this kid in Street Fighter 2, wanted to learn Sonic, and uh, I was telling him, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you can, you know, he was trying to understand why when he turned it on, it wouldn't just play the game. It had to, like, download something. 
I'm like, well, welcome. Listen to our podcast. We complain about that every episode. Absolutely. Every game is going to take like an hour and a half to download and that's, upload. That's and, the worst part. And then if you stop playing it for it's a month. Dirt worst. Yeah. <laughs> dirt worst. And then um, trying to explain to him what the eShop was or the, yeah. the, the online store and how you can download games without buying them. Yep. Just it was so fun. Like it was almost like a, just he was so naive at this point because he's yep. just been out of it so long. Well, so. you know, my son recently got a PS4 for the first time because we've oh, yeah. always had. I, I have an Xbox One, and my son Sam has played that a lot. But a lot of his friends had PS4s, mm-hmm. and he was like, "I really just want to play with my friends," and none of them are on Xbox anymore. They're all on PS4. So he found a PS4 for like 90 bucks from one of his friends, and it's in bad shape. Oh, yeah. But I helped him clean it. And the funny thing is we were plugging an external hard drive in, and it works great. But every once in a while, like my, my son would call me in and say, hey, this isn't working right. And what, what it was was the USB port had become so worn out that he could plug it in backwards. Oh, and geez. it would go all the way in. Wow. But it would say... It would say this thing called too many too many devices plugged into USB. This error would pop up. <laughs> and he, he was like, what does that mean, Dad? And I'm like, I don't know what it means. Let's take a look. It's like the PlayStation version of Guru Meditation. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, let's... My son was desperate. He was like, Dad, help me. I don't know what to do. Which, first of all, for a teenager to admit that is a big deal. That is something. That's and big so, boy words. So like, I, I pull it out. I'm looking at it. I'm going... Dude, you're plugging this in upside down. You got to plug it. I know it shouldn't go in, but it's so worn out, it's going in. So I plugged in the right way, and it's been working fine ever since. So like he, it is very strange, but he's he's getting into the PS4 as a brand new user as well, which is funny. That's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. It's almost uh, surprising, in my opinion. It's surprising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of surprises. Speaking of surprises, yes, I have some surprise pie news. Oh, do you? So I picked up. Oh, is it as American as apple pie? What is the it? The Raspberry Pi four hundred. What? Wow! The new one. Hold the new up. wedge computer from Raspberry Pi. Wow. Yay! <laughs> nice Woo! one. Yeah. So just just for completeness to the listeners, we are both holding up Raspberry Pi 400. <laughs> this, this is this is Eric's, although his box is much thinner than yours. Yeah, I didn't get the kit. I got the yeah, just I, I got uh, the whole kit. Yeah. I got just the thing because I already have all the other parts. But I do like that the mouse that comes in there color like color matches with the machine. So yeah, there it is. See Here's the mouse. It matches, so yeah. that would be that would be pretty neat. But I, 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 I don't know. I like a wireless mouse. Well, now that I don't need to save my money, yeah, I'm probably going to buy one of these. I just need to decide if I want the kit or not. Yeah, but I, I know I want one of these. If you these already are, have, these Go are ahead. brilliant. Um, yeah, I know that Cody, you very, very, Eric, very. Go ahead very, and open yours kindly, here. Yeah, yeah, you very kindly um, sent me over that um, pie case. Um, but uh, this is better. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's it's not that it's better. It's just obviously it's 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 a proper wedge computer, isn't it? This is a bona fide manufactured computer because it's got a completely different board than the Raspberry Pi Four, um, and this one runs. It's got a slightly Ooh. higher clock rate as well. I think this is a one point eight, whereas the Raspberry Pi is a one point five. Yep, uh, and gigahertz. it's got it's got a, a enhanced heating because the shield that goes on the top is actually also a heatsink. 
it's so, cooling isn't it not heating we don't want to get it hot right right that's what i mean yeah <laughs> it's a cooling this is thin advanced cooling it's yep. really thin yeah it, it fits perfectly in this box so like there's no room for anything else which is really funny but i've literally touched your pie more than you have at this point so my oh, hand no, back. that's okay um so yeah, yeah, this this is brilliant. So I've I've got it. Um, it comes. My one came with a sixteen gig card uh, preloaded with is it Raspbian? I think it is Raspbian. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, so that's that's really good. Um, but I've also set up a USB version of um, RetroPie. So I've got mm -hmm. that set up as well now. Um, so I'm just going to start slowly filling that up with ROMs. But the good thing with this is that I'm using it for work as well because I'm doing like a Python course for work because I've never really sort of like oh, really? sat down and learned Python. So that's perfect for that sort of thing. And Danica loves using Scratch. So we would just, we just set it up the other day and started using Scratch on it. So she's enjoying it. Yeah, my, but one my, of the other things. My daughter is using right? Scratch too. Yeah. Yeah, but one of the neat. other things that you get with the with the bundled version is a lovely beginner's oh, guide for the Raspberry Pi, and this has got tons of projects and coding in it, and just loads of stuff. There's there's some scratch stuff right there. Yeah. Um, so together, we're just going to sit down and we're going to work through a lot of this stuff. Check it out. Um, have you have you uh, Cody? Have you seen Scratch? It's a very modular language. I, I, I've seen it that it's very like visual. It's like almost drag like a and puzzle drop. pieces, like puzzle pieces yeah. you put together, and then you can fill in like variables and things like that. But it's a very visual way to learn programming. It's really pretty slick. Yeah, I've yeah. heard it's yeah. I programming to this day is something I understand the concepts, mm -hmm. but there's a big divide between what I know how to do and where my mind, and then my problem is reaching back, like. I don't want to do something until I understand the ones and zeros and how that becomes a program. Right. Like, I understand if I, you know, if then logic, but how I, like, I don't want to accept that unless I know how ones and zeros become pictures on my screen. Hmm. Like, there's a. So, like, learning assembler. I mean, you would, I don't know. I, like, I, can't just, I can't just start in the middle and go. Like, that doesn't work for me. Like, I can't handle that. And that's yeah, always been my issue. You wouldn't want to start learning assembler. You need to. No. Yeah, you should learn basic. Yeah. To start out first, basic or yep. Python or something. Because you, you need that. You need those first principles to understand machine code. Machine code is um, um, a mind melter <laughs> to say well, and least. that's that's just i think that's how i'm i'm just how i'm wired like until i understand why i can't do the how yeah and that, that's where my disconnect is with everything well, like, is, i suck you, at if algebra you learn, <laughs> if you learn basic and you do more advanced basic programs then you've kind of got to merge some of that machine code um logic into it with poking and data statements and all those sort of things so you do yep. kind of understand some of that with it one cool thing about the Pi 400, I don't know if you've gotten into it yet, uh, Tim, is that for the first time ever, like, you can use the power switch. Like, you know how you have a power switch that goes into the back, like the ZX Spectrum, that you use the little thumb button? But, but it's got a power button. It's got a power button. <laughs> so you hit, like, function and power button, and you Does can power soft it down. Shutdown? It'll do a soft yep. shutdown, finally. Raspberry Pi's never had that before, so I yeah, think this is really neat. This is perfect, and the price point is perfect at like eighty bucks, Se seventy bucks for if you just bucks. with yeah. without the kit. It's seventy bucks. I, I bought this for seventy bucks with nothing, 
but you have to decide now. I mean, because because we have that old. I mean, the the other system that you got, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you grabbed. You have all the components. You don't really need the kit if you don't want it. If you have a mouse laying around, you're good. To yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, I I like that mouse, the the one that matches. I think that's pretty neat. <laughs> kind of yeah, envious of that. I, I got it because um, the last pie I had is um, tucked away in someone's system being a session border controller for a phone system um (laughs) but but the this it just completely spoke to me and i i gotta be honest i didn't even know anything about it until it just showed up appeared on twitter didn't it and i was like wow i've got i love that i love that and it's it's got um two uh, two of the micro hdmi adapters as well so you can hook up two monitors to it yep dual display um, and it's the got GPIA Wi-Fi. ports right there on the back as well, so it's nice yep. and convenient for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, kudos to to the Raspberry Pi organization. That is fantastic, and that application, that system, will be brilliant in schools. You know, yep. it's, it's so cheap. Um, you know, you can replace umpteen, you know, Windows desktops. Just, you know, you can buy ten of these for even a just a junk PC. Yep. Chromebooks, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Get rid of those Chromebooks as well—they're awful things. Anyway, <laughs> they are actually well, to, to make this more Nintendo uh, game related. I should say, um, I would compare that a, a bit to Nintendo how they've been releasing things, which is they'll have a little uh, announcement, and they're like, "Oh, and by the way, this game releases in a week, and by the way, here's this game which you can get right now after the end of this announcement." And I love that, like having staggered announcements rather than kind of the the traditional Xbox and PlayStation way of drawing things out for a year and then postponing them another half a year and then another three months before you finally get a game. Like, there's something exciting and refreshing about that. And Yeah, there is. Like, the fact that I can buy that right now, like, I'm having the hardest time not just buying it right now, but I will. And to, just very, very quick segue into talking about Nintendo. I got my Game & Watch um, Did you already? delivery message. Oh, Gosh, oh yeah, unfortunately, it's, it's not because I was hoping we might have sort of like did, it gone to more towards the end of the week for the recording and it might have turned up. But uh, no, it's, it's not going to be till the end of the week. So it hasn't well, even uh, pre-ordered. Well, here good, yet, right? because, yeah, we still haven't gotten FDA approval or whatever it's called over here. FCC approval. FCC <laughs> approval. I don't, I don't want to yeah. meet games, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that, big, that the big hold up over here. Week, I think uh, I saw I'm waiting. I literally have that screen up. All day, every day, waiting for that thing to say when pre-order that says now. it, you let me know because I'm not paying attention. But I real do want to buy one, so like, I don't want to miss out on that. So, well, right after you buy it, say Eric, get on here, and I'm going to get on there and buy it. Will do. Okay, if I catch it first, will do. So my next thing is that um, Josh Malone, which is at 48k Ram, is on our Patreon. He's among our Patreon followers. He's among our Patreon guys, and that he gets access to our Discord server. Discord channel. For for chatting. He's been wanting to get an an Among Us game going, which Among Us is a modern game. Um, And he's been wanting to do it, and I've, you know, been busy and haven't been able to do it, and I feel bad. So I was like, hey, let's just do it at this day on this time. And I know, Tim, you got in there, and... um, and you were just asking what what is this? I don't I have no idea what it is. 
It's a it's a pretty it's a really fun game, and we wanted to get on a private server. You can get up to ten players. Okay. And so I told my daughter because she plays it a lot, and I told my son, but he was busy. But my daughter was like, "Yeah, I want to play," and then she got a bunch of her friends to play, and we all got in there, and we had a ten player game going. Oh wow! And um, we we had a blast. I mean, some of the kids invited their younger kids in there so they were like kids that were like you know too young to really like they were goofing around and it kind of brought the game down a little bit but once they decided to leave um we were having a lot of fun playing um but it 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 was a blast among us is a is a lot of fun um it is a game of like where you have to pick the murderer, like you're on a spaceship and you're walking like, around. Like werewolf. Or- and you have all these tasks to do, but one person is always picked as the imposter. And you have to, um, the imposter is just going around killing people. And you have to decide, you have to guess who that Identify is. that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is, it is a lot of fun. But um, one, of my, one of my daughter's friends that joined us was, you know who it was? DJ Marcelino. Marcelino oh, was one, one of our, our listeners. He I came got... in there, one of our listeners. Hold on, whoa, 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 hip-hop. Marcelino! Marcelino! <laughs> anyway. So Marcelino joined us in there with uh, Clover and uh, uh, her friend Amber and a bunch of other people came in there. But we, we need to get better organized and try to get his Frodo NL from the Amigo show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He joined us for a little while, but he couldn't take the little kids playing because, you know, they were annoying. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so did like, they like, uh, voice chat annoying or like no because <clears throat> in the game you can hit this button on a, on a table that says emergency meeting because if you decide if you see someone like the only person that can travel through the vents the air vents is the imposter so if okay. you see a guy pop out of the air vent you know that's the the killer so you can hit this button to call an emergency meeting. Okay. And then you can be like, I saw this guy jump out of the vent. And then you can all vote and, and eject him into space, and then you win the game. Okay. But um, They're just hitting it willy-nilly. They're just hitting it willy-nilly, because they don't... They're just, they're just... You know, they're little kids. Is that a British term, willy-nilly? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. I was so, highly surprised at that one. I nearly spat me coffee yep. out. <laughs> <laughs> willy-nilly. Um, willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. So anyway, next time we need to like these these kids were young kids. Like they they were playing and they were probably, you know, probably like 6 or 7. Yeah, okay. Uh, but my daughter was playing totally with the rules and Marcelino was playing with the rules. Oh, sure, and, yeah, yeah. and once the little kids left, we had a blast and we were playing, but we sh- you should learn the it's free. The game you can get on the phone. My daughter already downloaded it on my phone. Yep, you can I didn't it. know what it was, but I see it there. I played it on PC. You can download it on Steam. Um, but, uh, my daughter plays it on her tablet and my son plays it on his phone. And it, in fact, I went to my buddy's house. They invited us for dinner cause we haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah. And he got a 3d printer. So he three, 3d printed my daughter's one of the characters. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you should, uh, if you guys want to learn the game, it's super easy to learn. There's a little tutorial. You can learn it in, in like five minutes and 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 you can play it now. When you play public games, it can get kind of annoying sometimes with certain people that play the private. Just, in theory, you can control like it a, better. Yeah, you, there's trolls on there just yeah. like everywhere else. But like with Josh, he wants to do private servers, and if you can do that with the right people, it's a blast. Perfect. I think we should all get together and have an absolute showdown. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So um, 
Showdown has just come, uh, come out on the Commodore 64. I don't know if you guys have actually seen it yet or not. We just talked about it on the news, but we have not tried it. Yeah, we saw a little, right, video, yeah. We saw a little video of it, but we don't. We, I've never played it. Yeah, so um, I guess you guys are familiar with the Boot Hill style arcade game. We so are not. The, the, the two two players either side, and then you've got to shoot each other, and then you've got the wagon going through the middle of the screen. So it's funny you say that. We're, we're not familiar, but it, when we all did the the C64 development competition, competition, there was like a... yes. Yeah, there craptastic. There's there like there. a military game that wasn't um, uh, polished very well, but that's the same exact game style, I exactly, could tell. Exactly, yeah, that's that's what I was just about to say that, so you beat me to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so th- this is, um, re- like you say, it adds that polish onto that game. The game control method is just, again, you know, a, a lot more polished. It's really, really good. Um, yeah, there's nice nice music in this one as well. Um, and it's it's okay to play one player but it really is a proper two-player game. Um, and, uh, you know, I've mentioned before, uh, who's who's normally my my uh, my protagonist is Danica. So we <laughs> set that up on the Commodore 64 in her bedroom. And, um, yeah, she was soon getting the hang of it. She got a little bit frustrated with it to start out, obviously, naturally. Because um, you're so but, good. Yeah. Yeah, we we had a we had a great time playing that game, um, and it's just one of those pick up and play, really nice games, very good graphics, polished. Um, so that one's by Badger Punch Software, which is good a, name. a really cool name, <laughs> Badger Punch. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that game, and um, it's out on itch.io. So I'd encourage people just to go out there. You can you can play a buck buy it for a buck or you can donate some more um i norm i normally throw a few more bucks in um just just because why well, aren't you people, just such a great guy yeah well it's the people, <laughs> people are creating these games hey it's a cross i've got a bear um people are, people are creating these games commodore 64 games yeah, for the love of it and you know if if i can bung them a few bucks or pounds or whatever you want to call it then yeah absolutely i'm gonna I agree. And get these games and support them it's the principle I agree. It's the principle. I agree. Um, no, I, I do. It's funny to me because I feel like this whole COVID thing, as much as it sucks, you're getting so much Commodore time with your daughter. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> it's working out for you. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> to, to be fair, I mean, I, I think it's not not just COVID. I mean, Danica and I do. You know, we spend time together and all that sort of thing. But you know, when we do, she wants to play. She literally asks. I'm not. I'm not cajoling her or anything like that. It's not daddy pressure to do this. She wants to come up in up in the loft in here and she wants to play games or play stuff in the bedroom or you know she's she's just a gamer girl. She loves it. So, you know, I'm 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 not complaining at all. <laughs> Mine's all daddy pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I've one girl that that gets into it a little bit and she'll ask from time to time but I've got about 20 minute windows before she gets bored see my so. daughter wants to just play like sims and roblox and then hang out with her friends on chats yep. and stuff for the most part that's both yeah. my daughters but there's yeah. one that will break from time to time and yep. ask to play yeah. street fighter 2 or something but yeah Dan- Danica likes roblox and those sort of things as well but um yeah, when 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 we get time, we can hang out, we can play play some games together, and you know, like I say, you know, she's quite happy playing on the Raspberry Pi. She That's was awesome. wondering what we were doing f- for this month's 
games and i said no then they're not not spoiling anything but i said they're not suitable for her to play (laughs) gotcha gotcha um speaking of c64 games i played a c64 game i've been wanting to get to for a while i finally darn well did it okay uh for a small three dollars you can get grid picks on the c64 which is actually they're coming out with a full boxed cartridge version right now too um i just love p cross games I know I can talk about these all the time. It's just kind of like a... Uh, do you guys know what Picross is or how it works? You told me on one episode, and I still haven't dove into them, so I've never played one. You kind of got to see it or feel it to get them. Do you know it, Tim? Are you familiar? No, again, okay. I've, I've, I remember you talking about it, but um, yeah, I'm, uh, go, go ahead, explain it again, Cody, in your most eloquent way. Uh, it's hard <laughs> to explain. You kind of got to see it, but basically you got this grid of this, these grids, and you're trying to fill in the pixels in the grid to make a little pixel drawing. And the way you know where to fill in your pixels is on the side of each row and column, there will be a a set of numbers. And if it says, like, 4, 1, 1, that means there will be a set of four in a row. There will be a break of I don't know how many. There will be one by itself, a break of I don't know how many, and one by itself. And it's almost like Sudoku, where you kind of have to keep... If you figure out this row, now you can start figuring out this column, and then that column connects to this column, which leads to this row, until you draw the picture... And once the picture is done, you get a yay or a no. And um, anyway. and it starts out really small, like a 5x5 five five screen. And by the time you get to level 100, it's like a 20x20 20 20 screen, right? And this is... Um, and uh, For example, if you go on the Nintendo eShop, they're on like Picross uh, n- number 8 or something like that at this point. But I mean, it even went as far back as uh, Super Nintendo had a Picross game. Um, so it's been out for years and years. Um, but I've recently found out about them. I love them. And somebody made a secret... 64 version um so send him three bucks play some p cross on the c64 just a little uh you know you can put a dvd on and watch something while mindlessly playing some p cross and it's just a fun way i just it's a relaxing way to pass time and do a puzzle good so. stuff i'm gonna have to have to um partake of that one and have a go i've not, I've not played any of those type of games so um yeah there's, there's something, something about worth taking a look have you guys ever gotten into it, that kind of some sort of puzzle game? Like Sudoku didn't do it for me, or Crosswords didn't do it for me, but um, Picross did. So I don't know. I'm willing to try it out. Yeah, right. one I used to one I used to do a lot is well, I mean the puzzles or whatever. But I used to. Um, uh, this is I'm talking years and years ago. I used to. Do you, you guys get the word search games over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, we um, we used to get like well, again, probably used to get big books of them. Yep. My my and, my wife would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, me and my uh, my nan when I used to go and stay with her, yeah. she used to buy these books, and we just li- literally just used to sit there together and just do word searches for hours. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's it just crazy, you know. It's just the little things that you do and the things that I remember, and that's just literally just pop back a memory into my mind of myself and my nan. That's kind of that zen you get into with, with Picross, is you're just kind of like doing it because you know you'll get there, and you just kind of do it. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It sounds like something I'd probably enjoy. I just never have gotten into it. Cool. Speaking of the PSP, I heard your uh, <laughs> I heard your nan play your nan plays the PSP, right? Yeah, now I have the violin. There you go. That was a bad transition. Sorry. Good way to take us out there, Eric. <laughs> 
tell us about your PSP adventures because I'm eager to hear about it because yes, I am so I'm, eventually, I'm deep. eventually okay. my, my PSP turned up um, and it had a power supply and a whole bunch of games with it um, and I've got that one all um, modded up the proverbial wire zoo. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's all ready to go. Um, put some games onto it. I got one of the 32 gig um, SanDisk cards, one nice. of the little micro SDs with the adapter. That makes so a big difference, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So I chucked a bunch of games on there. Yeah. Um, and again, Danica literally just picked the darn thing up. Never even seen it before. She just turned it on, wor- even worked out how to turn the PSP on because most people don't even have a clue how to turn the darn thing on. <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> so just turned it on and loaded up Burnout and started playing that. So she's just loving that. Um, but do you remember, I, I've probably shown you a couple of times that beaten up PSP that I've got? Yeah. Well, I just just for um, giggles, I thought, oh, well, I'll just plug the power supply into it and see what it does. And it turned on and it works perfectly. Uh, they're oh, they're wow. tanks. So they're it tanks. must just literally just be cosmetic damage on that thing. So, um, yeah, um, really good. So I've got a few of the UMDs that I got with it. I love it. Tim turns his head and like slowly rotates to like get an advantage. So there's not a bunch of dead silence I have to fill. And he's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, this one I know you guys like. I love golf games. Oh, Everybody's yeah. Golf. That's a so good one. That one. Um, and then there's some movies. Um, good UMD movies. These were British guys, I think, weren't they? They're kind of like the British uh, Dirty Sanchez. Do you remember them? <laughs> no, no, I don't remember them. You've, ne- you've never seen Dirty Sanchez, okay? That's a, that's right. a, that's a, look that one up. That's um, a pretty foul. You don't want to look that up with uh, adult safe search off. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, I prefer the show Rusty Trombone. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some more there. <laughs> Dirty yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanchez. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious and uh donnie darko uh, i've heard i of need that. to watch i've never that. seen it I, i've heard yeah. of it i've never seen it yeah okay yeah. and then there's the obligatory <laughs> fodder uh smackdown versus raw sausage egg and chips sausage egg and chips what's <laughs> that wow that's I've never heard of that that's not willy-nilly yeah. at all i don't know what that means <laughs> and then fifa whatever year it is when this one came out version. exactly does it smell yeah. like a uh, pitch <laughs> Does that have a scratch and sniff? Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to scratch and sniff that one, thinking about no. where it came from. Um, and uh, Dave Mirror BMX Challenge. Ooh, that'd be so fun. There we go, yeah. I bet that's nice. a good game. Those, those last ones, just not really of note. But anyway, yeah, right. so it came with a bunch of games. <clears throat> I've actually played Dave Mirror BMX because I love... I loved. I, I was riding BMX at that time, trying yeah. to do tricks and stuff. Yeah. And I love Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. And so that was the perfect amalgamation, but no, it was terrible. Was it's it terrible? I so, didn't. I have no idea, but I like BMX games in general. Yeah, you don't need to play that one, unfortunately. I want to like it. Yeah. And one other very quick one whilst we're doing this, I'll just get this over and done with, is that, um, uh, Eric, you mentioned the BMC 64, and oh, you were yes. playing uh, the Plus 4 stuff on there. Yes, I was. So one of those games that you played was Alpha Ray. Oh yeah! Mm-hmm. Wow, that's yeah. fancy. So I've that's got the original uh, original disc from um, Cytronic, so I've got that one. And oh, wow, that's this one slick. looks really cool, which is Pets Rescue. That's yeah, the other one. Yep. 
yeah, yeah but, the, the, uh, the platformer I, and they even I, come with look manuals as well nice. nice i've enjoyed both those games those are very high quality games yeah so i um i got that uh because i was doing some uh testing uh of my uh 1551 uh plus four disk drive yeah um because i I hadn't i bought it years and years and years ago and never even taken it out of its box properly so i got it out of the box um because i was testing something for someone on twitter who just i think they'd ported the infocom adventure engine over to the plus four or something along those lines so i was doing some testing for him yeah so i dug out the 1551 drive and did a few tests and then the 1551 drive died oh, no. just turn it on and the disc just spins um that's and, good uh, yeah it's really disappointing um and i found out that this this thing has custom chips uh so it has a special um 6510t processor in it which is unique to the 1551 drive um and to get a replacement one of those you can actually find them here in the uk but they're about 50 pounds um so i need to make sure that that's definitely the problem so that may go off for repair somewhere at some stage but again it's just back in the box and in the box of disappointment <laughs> we all have our boxes our of disappointment. So it's one that I made worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I've got some of those going on at the moment as well. I'm going to post but, a picture of my box of disappointment. Right. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Well, that ends our catching yeah. up, uh, which means it's time for us to battle some eh, systems. Battle of the systems. Battle of the Systems! <laughs> Fancy intro, I must tell you. Yes. Uh, Tim, can you see my screen? Am I sharing? I can. You are sharing. Thank you for sharing, Cody. I, you know... I Let, just, I'm going to give some dry statistics of this game real I'm quick. a giver. I like to share. If you don't mind, I, I will. me. First, let me go ahead and, and re- recap our battle. Yeah, please. Which is a, uh, what is it, Generation 4? I don't know. It's Nintendo 64 versus the Sega Saturn, which even though one is 32 bits and one is 64, they were competing systems. Yep. And I wanted to play some first-person shooters. So I chose Power Slave, otherwise known as Exhumed on the Sega Saturn. Mm-hmm. And I uh, wanted to play um, a Doom game because I was selfish and I just felt like playing some Doom. So I said, what would be fun? And I said, Doom 64. Sure. And I and I was eager to play this because I never really dove into Doom 64. Now, the version you're playing here, I don't know if you know this, is the Xbox One and PS4 re- I see that now. Master, because it looks so good. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we definitely want to do a fair comparison here. So we probably want to get the. I'll work on that. You work on okay. what you're doing there. Let me let me talk about the Doom. Let me give you some dry statistics here of Doom 64. <laughs> Doom 64 is a 1997 first-person shooter game. Uh, it was published by Midway Games for the Nintendo 64. It is a sequel to Doom 2, which came out in 1994. Um, as I said, it was my Midway Games. Um, it is, 
it was released on the Nintendo 64, of course, because it was called Doom 64. But there were remasters and reissues on the Microsoft in Microsoft Windows, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Stadia. You could play this on Stadia. The Google only Stadia. game available on Stadia. Yeah, exactly. One of one of five. One of yeah, exactly. One of a handful of games. Um, other than that, I think that's it's a, it is a single player game. There was rumors and talks of making a multiplayer version of this game. It never came to fruition. It is a single player first person shooter. It was released in, on April fourth, nineteen ninety seven, in the in North America. On PAL, it was December second, nineteen ninety seven, and rightly so. Yep. Um. <laughs> So, essentially, this game is Doom 2, the engine, mm-hmm. with different levels. That's true. 32 so, levels, if I remember right. And bef- until it was released on modern systems, this was the only system you could play this particular game on. That's correct. That's why I was interested. Now, yep, me the too. only thing I want to say before I let Tim talk, because I'm a jerk, is this intro yeah. does a great job of displaying what's to come. Yeah. It's super cool. There's all these enemies firing missiles everywhere attacking you attacking each other yep and you realize they're on different like levels and towers and as you zoom out you see it's the doom uh 64 logo yeah i love it yeah, i love I, the intro it's so perfect yep tim what are your thoughts on this entire game whoa you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> well uh obviously it's um in the doom sort of normal franchise style um i quite like the uh like you say the presentation on the uh the nintendo 64 version is quite nice um they've sort of like amped it up a bit haven't they rather than just the standard title screen and all that sort of thing on the on the pc version um one thing that they did do in this is they kind of like tweak the difficulty modes so because obviously it was for more uh, uh, kind of Nintendo audience, I suppose. So on this one, well, and, the, they've and got, the controls are a little <laughs> stunted. Yeah, so they, they, they've got. <laughs> Meh, why are you making goat sounds? Levels, so they've got be gentle, which is the easiest. Bring it on. I own Doom, and watch me die. <laughs> um, on the difficulty levels, uh, there's a few. Uh, I think there's one unique weapon on this one, if I'm. Uh, not mistaken, um, which is, um, what is it called? I've got it here in my notes somewhere. Um, trying to remember which one, which one it would be. I, well, it's the double, the double chainsaw, right? No, uh, yeah, the double chainsaw, but there's also, um, uh, cause in the standard doom, you have the chainsaw. This one, they just decided your chainsaw had two blades, which, which is right when you, <laughs> he's, he's about to get it right. Cause he's going to go through That's that right. door um, on this video. Yeah. So it's the unmaker weapon. <laughs> so this is an alien weapon that fires red laser beams and can be upgraded three times to increase the number of beams, um, and the rate of fire. Yeah, the Unmaker is the laser weapon that comes a, a bit later in the game. Laser yeah, later in the game. game. Yep. There's the, the double chainsaw. chainsaw. There, yep. got the, the shotgun, the super shotgun, the chain gun, rocket launcher, the plasma rifle, and the BFG 9000. Yep. There's a big flipping gun. Yep. Um, so if you guys know Doom, this is Doom. Yep. Um, it's specifically Doom 2, which is actually a little more controllable, a little better. Uh, it's funny, both of these games do have um, something that at the time seemed normal, but now seems awkward, which is 
if you're shooting horizontally at somebody, regardless of vertically, if they are below you or above you, you will shoot at them. That's right. So you, if, you, if you're off slightly, your shot will go straight and you'll miss them. But if you go back just a tad so that you're, again, horizontally in line with them, yep. your shot will shoot way above you to hit them or way below you down to hit them um, because there was no aiming up and down because there right. was no mouse. Yep. Um, well, I, I say that, but even the original Doom and Doom 2, there was a mouse, but they just never thought of that yet. Linear movement, yeah. Yep. And then I also did have to, when I played this, uh, I did use the uh, Retro Fighter controller, which is amazing. Well, I was going to mention that was playing this game with the Retro Brawler 64 controller is a dream. Yeah, but you do, even if you had the original controller or the Retro Brawler, you do have to go into the options and change. I'd had to change the strafe to the D buttons, to the yellow buttons on the right side. Oh, I just used the bumpers. The bumpers didn't work for me. So I ch- I did change that every time, but okay. How do you play it, Tim? Um, I'm I'm I I haven't changed the control method, um, but it's one of those things uh, using the shoulder buttons at the top. Uh, the it's a game a game mechanic that you really do need to get down for this. <clears throat> um, and both games, um, I kind of started learning it more. Um, because obviously on the PC you've got the, you know, I played this more on the PC than anything so you've got the keyboard side of things so that mechanic is is a little bit different when you're playing these games with a just the traditional joypad or the, especially the awful N64 one um, where you're kind of, <laughs> it's it's just a, a bit awkward playing this game on the N64 with that pad uh, so it took a little bit of getting used to um, but I, I, I actually really enjoyed Doom 64. Um, I, obviously I played the PC version a ton. Um, I've played it on a few different platforms before, nope. but I just, I just thought this was just had that, I don't know, the, the a bit more of the console polish on it, um, rounded some of the edges off, I guess, um, maybe a bit controversial cause there's probably a lot of PC purists out there, but I'm not really um fussed one way or the other um i just see this as you know as a nice doom game um built on the original doom 2 um and it's like i say it's just got that kind of console pick up and play and just that little bit more polish maybe simplified a bit more um one thing i did find is that um and a couple, I think a couple of reviews picked up on this is like, uh, some of the game mechanics, like the, the key teleporting between the different blocks and that sort of thing on the second level. I found that a little bit frustrating to start out with. Um, you know, the fact that you just have to stand on one of the, blo- the, the main block and then you have to stand there for a while waiting for the key to move across onto one of the other blocks so you can actually mm-hmm. get near the switch and all that sort of thing. So I found that maybe a little bit fiddly. Um, but that's probably just my impatience of wanting to just get through this as quick as possible for the review. Um, but if you, if you've paid sort of like 50, 60 quid for the game as it probably was in back in the day on N64, um, then I guess you'd just want that last ability from the game, I suppose. So that puzzle element of it. Now you say when you played on the PC, you're talking about Doom 2, not Doom 64, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just like Doom games in general. Yeah. See, so I, I, I think the big change from this from Doom 2 is, like you said, I don't know if it's particularly easier. I mean, I guess it is. Um, but I think the big change is that instead of relying on dumping uh, the 
player into a whole bunch of uh, action with a ton of enemies you have to dodge and kill as quick as possible, they kind of know the controls aren't as good. So the levels are designed to be more puzzles than they are action. That's There's still a lot of action. And I don't want to give away the, 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 the battle we're doing here, but this was definitely more of a puzzle game than the other one. And it is a action game, but really a puzzle game at its core. I mean, you're trying to figure out how to get off of each level. And, and actually, I actually enjoyed this. this. Honestly, I think this is the, my favorite Doom game I've played. I, me too. It really is. I, an, I would and, agree. I would and, agree. And I have to say, I loved, I loved both the games we played for the battle here. Um, and it took me a bit to get on board with Doom 64, mainly because when I first played this, it was such a dark game. I had to turn <laughs> yeah, the true. brightness up all the way. And then I not only brightness up all the way in the game, on your TV. But on my TV, I had to boost the brightness up just to see it, where I was going. And that is a big downfall to me. And so, like, I played this for about 20, 30 minutes, and then I went to Power Slave and played that, and I was like, this is going to be easy. Power Slaves, I, I love that game so much more. But then I went back to Doom 64, and I started playing it, and it's a much tighter game now. The the, <laughs> the tighter competition, um, it... it I started really enjoying Doom 64, and I have to say, it is my favorite Doom game I've played so far. Yeah. I mean, one of the things you say on there, I mean, uh, the one of the collectibles in the game is that image intensifier, which obviously helps when, yes. with the the view of the game so it's kind of like a built-in mechanic yep. so i guess it's it does two things it's there for the atmosphere of the game because yep. obviously you start out you're in dark you don't know what's going on and if someone was coming bang in new to the doom series um and never played it before and just literally picked it up on the console then that's kind of like where that first doom experience comes in so having that darkness element to it yep. um has, builds the atmosphere one thing i will say is i, I i've got um uh, a nice new little um not brand new but obviously um a nice sony crt a trinitron crt that i was playing this on and i didn't have any issues with it in that respect um so maybe it's just on that screen it just r worked really well and it was just popping the graphics were really nice and smooth off of that um so i i didn't really experience that um initial like oh i can't see what the heck i'm doing or anything like that um but but yeah completely take on board what you're saying i'm gonna go ahead and double eric uh, to be honest with you so every time i had to load this game up to mm -hmm. load my save the first thing because it doesn't save your options that's right so the first thing i had to do every time and i got really good at it was go to options raise the brightness to full go to controls change the strafe to what i liked and then load my game. So I got really good at doing that because I did it multiple times. Um, it is on most TVs, including my CRT, so dark it's hard to see. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of games, and I'll be the first one to admit that if I play a scary game, you know, a lot of scary games, they, especially nowadays, they're like, uh, make it until you can barely see the logo and then dim it one. Yeah. Like they want this perfect, like dark, scary pop out at you. And whenever I see that, I just crank the brightness because I don't want to be scared. Darn it! <laughs> <laughs> right? Like not interested. Um, I don't think Doom games from this era are scary by any means. No, nope. but it was so dark that it was hard in the beginning. It's to it, see in, in the beginning, especially in the beginning. It's so dark that yeah. 
I couldn't find where to go or what, what I was doing. I, I used the onboard map, which, by the way, the map is really cool. It overlays across the whole screen. And it's live. And, and sometimes I just use the map. Like, once I cleared most of the enemies off of a level, yeah. I, I could just walk around on the map, which was really kind of neat. Um, I that's, found that that's important. what I was doing on the second level until I realized about the key teleportation thing where you had to, because I was wandering around and I was thinking, well, how do I get this key? I've got to get this block down somehow. I was just wandering around the whole level, literally just on the map, just going, well, is there any bits that I've missed? You know, is there any switches anywhere or anything like that? So I was just, just like you say, wandering around on the map, trying to find it. And then I realized, oh, you, you've got to, got to go back and, and start the level again and stand on this block and wait, wait for the key to move cross onto another block yep yeah and I, I i find the weapons very satisfying in this game doom's always been about satisfying weapons the sound <laughs> effects just make it feel yep doom doom, doom. um the, v- 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 the the variety of the enemies the atmosphere that the game generates whether through its sound or its graphics um the, i mean it, you really do have to do yourself a, a service and play this game it's a it's a great game very good. Just, 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 uh, just mentioning um, for when we decided last month um, that we were going to do this, um, I went out and I actually just bought the loose cart. Um, I think I paid about twenty pounds for it, and it was came to me within a couple of days, which was really good. Nice. And I'm so glad I actually bought the you know the original version of this because this is a game I am going to definitely go back to and work my way through, and and eventually maybe possibly complete. It's it's funny you mentioned that because uh, again foreshadowing here, um, I'm I'm we haven't made a decision, but for next month our battle of systems, mm-hmm. I partially want to pick games that are quick to judge because I want to finish both these games. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna tell yeah, you that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine with me. Um, it's gonna be a Christmas month anyway, so we're gonna be busy. If you've yeah. only played the first Doom, like I have, I've actually never played Doom Two. I take. Um, the sprites for all the characters, including the uh, this actually should have been a fun. What do you, what do you, what are the uh, the the large um, reddish beasts called? Do you guys remember? I don't remember. Uh, uh, pinkies. Oh, pinkies. They're pinkies. Um, anyways, in this game, and I had just played through Doom twenty sixteen, the newer version. Yeah. And I'm starting to realize Doom two is where they got most of the inspiration because the original one was kind of more slow than this. Okay. Um. So, anyways, I it, the the sprites are just look much better than the original Doom. Um, the puzzles, the gameplay is much tighter. A lot of stuff's been figured out. It's, it's such a great game. So I did go back because I do own all the Dooms on um PlayStation because they had a bundle come out for free with all the old Dooms, and I did start playing Doom too. And I saw that they were using the same graphics, and it was super smooth on on the PlayStation Four, of course. Um, and the, they were tight graphics, but I still love the level design of, of Doom 64. Yeah. So this is my preferred Doom. Um, let's see, what is, what is a, uh, 64 slash 32 bit first person shooter rating scale we can use for this, for, for this <laughs> battle? I've I got a couple of review scores. I don't know if you want to cover those quickly. Um, well, let's give ours first. Yeah, let's give ours first. Um, but I, I would love to hear them for sure. Out of here we go. Out of out of uh, out of eighty walls that open for no reason when you press the use button. 
Isn't that what all the secrets are based on in all these games? You just click on random walls while you, like, strafe and hit open, 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 and see what opens up? Yep. So out of 80 secret doors, what do you give this game? Silence. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Um, thinking, thinking, thinking. I'm going 72. I love it. I love it. I'm going to give it 70. 70 out of 80. Secret doors. Tim? I'm going to go... I'm going to go... 68. I knew it! I knew he was going to go there and make it around 70. Alright. That's cool. I was going to call it. That's good. Uh, and I love it when they do things like this. They're like, you're in a big open room. Yeah. And you see like one spotlight on a very big gun. And you're like, as soon as I pick that up, a bunch of craps can come out and shoot at me and attack me. And so you spin around real sure quick enough. and just unload into it. Yep. Uh, satisfying. All, All right. right. That is Doom 64. Doom we 64. gave it a 70 out of 80 secret rooms that you have to strafe and press use I, over I and over and over again. I should have given it 64, really, shouldn't I? <laughs> Exactly. That would be that would be punny, but it would be rude to the quality of this game. Exactly. <laughs> you guys ready to hear some dry statistics about the next game we're covering? Yeah, let's go. We're covering Power Slave. That that's the or name exhumed. of it. Exhumed. Yep, Power Slave, which was known as Exhumed in Europe, but Power Slave here in North America is a first-person you know shooter. A Japanese release as well. Sorry. It did, yeah, but I don't have the name here, but I knew, no, it was a long, weird name. Do you want me to tr- to, to attempt it? Sure, yes. go ahead. So, in Japan, it was 1999, Faro Nupu Katsu. Nailed it. You nailed it. Um, this game came out in uh, North America on October 31st, 1996. So, these came out very close, which I'm happy to hear. It makes for a more fair battle. When they come out at the same time. Um, in the EU, it came out September 26, 1996. In Japan, November 29, 1996. Um, it was by Lobotomy Software and published by Playmates Interactive. Um, there was a weird um, Power Slave EX, an official remake based on the PlayStation version, which was released for free, but has since been removed for download because I'm sure it violated all sorts of copyrights and stuff like that. This game came out on Sega Saturn first, and then PlayStation, and then this weird remake on the MS-DOS. Which actually, I have had... My history has been with the MS-DOS version. Okay. Um, which, you, I, which you'll have to elaborate on the weirdness, because I have played this, I'm somewhat familiar with it, but as I played the Saturn version, the level design was different. Okay. From what the, I remember. The, the weirdness the is just PC that it was... The is different. The Saturn is the original. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Hmm. Okay. That's, so anyways, that's all right. the data that I have. Um, I, I, I'll put this up front. If you beat the game, you unlock this mini game that was a lot like Worms. Did you know that? And, I did not know yeah. that. And, and for, for you, Tim, I guess the PAL version lacked this. It was only Power Slave. Um, oh, it was only on Power Slave, was it? I didn't realize that because obviously yeah. I hadn't not com- not completed Exhumed. So the the mini game was called Death Tank, wasn't it? That's correct. It's called Death Tank, and it was a lot like Worms, and it had a lot of the same kind of weapons and stuff. And it was almost like when I saw the video. Now, listen, I didn't beat the game, and I didn't get to this, but the videos that I saw online, it was a lot like um, almost a cross between Worms and. Um, you know that game where you're shooting tanks like across Scorched Earth, kind of like a Scorched yeah, Earth yeah, kind of yeah. old DOS game. 
But anyway, that's my that's my dry data. My dry yeah, no, data. There was a an Amiga public domain game as well released called Tanks T A N X. Yes, um, and that was that yeah. was really addictive. Yep, uh, you're that, right. That was a great little game. Um, Played that so one. Did, did you know that this game um, is quite unique on the Saturn, um, that they actually split the CPUs, there's two CPUs in the Saturn, and they split the CPUs to do two different jobs. So one of them kind of like handles partially the graphics and the sound and other bits, and then another one just handles the textures. Um, so the game engine on this is called the Slave Driver engine, um, which was used, I think, on a few other games that they yeah. uh, this company ported across as well. Um, uh, so Power Slave was named uh, in kind of like honor of the Iron Maiden um, album of the same name, which obviously had the uh, the Egyptian theme to it. Um, but I was quite surprised that I thought that they might have actually done some kind of musical tie-in with this, but they didn't, because um, this game seems to lack a little bit in the music front. I know That's there's true. kind of like a nice uh, Egyptian ditty at the beginning, but there's not a lot of atmospheric music in there. It's just more sort of like, you know, sort of just sound effects Very distant. and little, yep. little bits in between, but nothing really, you know, like a proper rocking theme or anything like that i thought that would have been a perfect opportunity on the saturn with the with the cd disc um yep yeah i think they missed missed a trick there but maybe they couldn't afford any licensing or anything like that but um yeah but that doesn't really detract too much from the game but i thought there was a bit of a trick miss there so the game itself obviously as you mentioned is egyptian themed um there's you know uh digging through different pyramids and uh, lots of cats and urns and things laying around. Did you know the story um, of this? It's pretty wild. Go for it. It's like you have a commando team that, um, and, and I might be getting this wrong. I don't know if you know this, Tim, but you have a commando team that is put together because aliens come down and attack Earth, and they're, the, they, the aliens want to take over Earth for themselves, but your commando team goes in, and when they're fighting them in Egypt, King Ramses comes out and decides to help the commando team to defeat the aliens. <laughs> I love it. That's that, video game that, 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 gold right there. Yep, that is the story. So anyway, go ahead, Cody. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just thought that might be helpful. No, it's fine. <laughs> so it's a very um, red and yellow game. Yes. Um, because of the theme and the the settings and stuff. Um what initially strikes me, the, um, well, let me just say, there's lots of urns where you break things open to get power-ups. Um, the power-ups, I should say, are usually, um, in most games, you would call them ammo and health. In this game, they call it health and weapon power. That's right. Which is bizarre, which I didn't understand what that meant for quite a while. Yeah. But weapon power meant ammo, and that took some of you getting used to, because if you're holding your... A gun, a, a revolver, revolver, correct. And you pick up weapon power, you're going to get basically ammo for your revolver. That's right. But if you switch to a machine gun and pick it up, you'll get weapon ammo for the machine gun. Yep. So it took a while to figure that out. Um, these red, like, lice, like giant head lice, are all over all the levels. Yep. So um, I've, I've never seen. Uh, well, they're easy to take care of with a handgun, but yeah, trying to hit them with that little scimitar you have is yeah. is, is not good. The basic, the basic weapon is a bit frustrating because it means you've got to go up close to the the pots and the vases and all those sort of things, and um, 
some of them that you'll hit will actually properly explode and that, yep. that can actually kill you uh and it's that that gets a bit frustrating when you haven't got a pistol that you can uh fire off of a safe distance um i've never seen a a real life scenario where so many uh, birds of prey such as falcons are just flying in indoor tunnels but they are all over in this game they are all over um and it sounds like i'm complaining i'm actually i enjoyed the hell out of this game yeah. um but i do have to laugh that um you you very often run into a camel just chilling indoors like in random hallways just yeah. like waiting for you um and that is this a key part of this game is it's a metroidvania it is yep you have to yep. go back to different you areas. don't beat the level and move on you have mm-hmm. this overworld map and the very first level you hop into is not a level to be beaten it is a level in which you try to find an exit point the exit exit point will take you to another level and and that level you might find an ability which will allow you to go back to the previous level to find a different exit to go to a different level and you're basically ultimately trying to collect six different artifacts which are your abilities, like a Metroidvania, so that you can ultimately get to the uh, final level, I guess, which I didn't quite get to yet, and finish the game. Um, obviously, you've got your doors that open, you've got pots that explode that can also blow holes in walls to open different parts of levels. Um, and eventually, you get to the point, like right here, where you're actually fighting these um, very Egyptian-looking um, men with, like, coyote masks. Yep. Um, and different things, wizards, mummies... Um, you have keys in the form of these, uh, of either onks or these items that will open different doors. And, and I wanted to mention before you go on too far is yeah. that the variety of the enemies is one of the cons in this game. There really is only a couple, like three or four types of enemies. There's like the lice dudes, there's the eagles, there's the, the, the Egyptian dudes throwing lightning bolts. And I think there's one more and that's it. I mean, that, that. There's not a huge variety of different enemies. True. There's bosses. There is bosses. Yep. You're right. Bosses. Um, you know, it's funny. You, you are correct, but I never really noticed that. I, I think the star of the game is the level design. Sure. You're absolutely. Not, it not doesn't feel enemies. claustrophobic. It's definitely not dark. And the lighting effects when they throw the little lightning bolts or balls mm-hmm. is amazing. I mean, the lightning eff- the lighting effects that they use is really cool. Yeah, they throw these like blue balls of flame and stuff and the blue light just hits everything on the walls on the yeah. way over. Um, another game where when you fire straight, it'll attack high or low depending on where your enemy is. That's right. Um, your jump in this game is also massive. Yeah. Especially after you pick up the jump boots. Yeah. And so you quickly learn that you can like jump halfway across an entire level if you have an open, <laughs> right. an open area to do so. Right. Um, I and th- and this is the game where I had to to save and because of the way the Saturn's designed without my ba- battery being charged. Yeah. You have to kind of save then turn off your Saturn, turn it back on, go to your memory cart, swap the save over to the memory cart, turn it off. Right. And repeat that in reverse every time you turn on your system, but Yep. Um I got my batteries now. I'm not sure what else to say about it. It's cool that you can swim. The piranhas are also a pain in the butt. It's not a. It's not really an action-oriented game. It's. It's. I would say it's. To me, it's a Metroidvania, but it's even more of a puzzle game than Doom was. This is a, a one thing about this game is that it is actually also a very. Th- it is a 3D platformer. Yeah. A lot of the levels yeah. you really have to 
pr- precisely. Jump. Like there's one level I got to that had lava and like platforms that you had to jump on precisely or you fall in the lava and you die. So it, it, in many parts of this, it's a Metroidvania and in many parts of it, it is a platforming style game. Um, another thing is there's not a lot of variety in the weapons either. I mean, if we're going to really bring that up, there's a revolver, the sword, there's a machine gun that you get, um, but there's certainly not the the weapons list like there is in Doom. Yeah, and I also say it's even got a bit of survival horror to it. To a point, yeah, yeah, because a big part of the game for me was managing my bullets mm-hmm. and figuring out. All right, there's a weapon or there's a guy up here. How do I want to kill him? What weapon should I use? Correct. With the trade off between the risk and losing health versus the amount of bullets or weapon power, as they put it, I'm going to use. Yep. Um, but it, it almost sounds like we're talking negative about it. I loved it. No, no. I, I absolutely loved it. I actually loved it, too. Tim, what do you think about this game? Any any thoughts? Any notes? Um, I pretty much echo everything you guys said, really. I, I, I love the game. Um, I, th- I thought it was really nice. I thought one thing I felt about this game is it kind of had although it's a Saturn exclusive and done on a console and all that sort of stuff, this had more of the, I don't know, the, the authentic PC first feel. person feel about it. I agree. It. Whereas I agree. Doom was more definitely, I mean, and because it was, it was console centric. It was a, designed as a console game, not ground up, but you know what I mean? Right. Um, so th- this had more of the PC feel about it. Um, and probably more of, um, it's not an open world game, um, obviously, because it's a, you know, for the most part, it's, you know, going through dungeons and all that sort of thing. So you're, it's more of a maze game than anything, but it just felt a bit more <coughs> expansive, open. if you see what I mean. Doom was a little bit more on rails. Um, whereas and more seems, claustrophobic. Yeah. 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 So this, this, because you've got more out in the open and, you know, like you say, it's more of a Metroid dare I say it, Metroidvania type of game. Um, <laughs> there's there's the, the going backwards and forwards, whereas Doom is just onwards, 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 solve the puzzle, move move quick through to the next level and all that sort of thing. And that's kind of what threw me at first with this game is that obviously you don't have to complete the level. You've got to go back and do certain things. Um, so I think that, that was what kind of threw me a little bit at the beginning. But then once you kind of got your head around that, that it's not just a regular yep. Doom game. It's more of a, um, you know, an exploration and pick up and and solve solve game. Then you know you kind of get more on board with it and and really enjoy the game. One minor thing I really like about this game, and I don't know why I like it so much, is when you when you look left or right, when you move left or right. Yep. Yeah, I was going to mention that tilts a little bit. I mean, it like tilts a little bit and then then frames back up it feels a little more real it's got a little little yeah, lag in a, a good way lag and a little like little like a uh, momentum it's very it's it, it, it while it's a minor thing doom doesn't have that you just go left and right and doom also has a severe lack of camels <laughs> that's true that's true just of note i never saw one and you can throw grenades yeah. um i think we've about covered it i don't know what else to say about it um I don't know. Let's honest, rate it. Then, I've man. never actually thought about the rating until now, and I'm really struggling with it, to be completely honest with you. 
I gave... So we're still going to use the same metric. Oh, yeah. Right? It's still uh, so 80 secret, secret doors. doors. So out of 80 secret doors... It was 70, I, wasn't it? Uh, was it? I gave it a... I gave the last one a... Oh, sorry. I, yeah, 80. We yeah, averaged, we averaged yeah. 70. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out of 80 secret doors, we averaged 70, right? And I think I want to give this another 70. I'm going to give Every- this... I'm going to give it a 72. Tim, t- be, be straight with us, Tim. What is it? Come on, buddy. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, so I think I'm going to go a slightly higher. I'm going to go with a 73. All right. Wow. I thought, I thought you might do 68 again. It was going to be our first tie on the show. Um, that <laughs> so means Power Slave is the winner. By a, yep. by a slim by margin. By a slim margin, which... Very slim. Which fits because I loved both games. I enjoyed both games. I really did. I think this one won purely because it's uniqueness. I don't think I've played another game like this where nope. Doom 64 felt like another one of these games, even sure. though well done. Yep. This is unique. Yeah. And I think it the fact that. It's a Saturn Tour de Force, if you ask me. It's a, it's a real I, gem on the Saturn. I think a real Bobby Dazzler. So I'm Bobby glad Dazzler. you guys. I'm glad you guys had not heard of this game because that's partially why I picked it. Is I knew it was. I great. never heard of it. I knew it was great. Um, I played it before, but I played a completely different version of it. I swear. Um, I did own an original copy of this, but I had to sell it because it was just worth too damn much money. Right. Um, for me to, to hold on to it, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, this was a new one, and now I want to play that other one that you mentioned, the the dungeon gun. The Saturn Dungeon game. The- oh yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> Shadows over Mysteria. Mystara. Yep. Well, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish both of these. So yeah, our winner, ever so slightly in the battle, Power Slave. Power Slave slash Exhumed. Right on. Cool. Let's Good. give that an applause. All right, guys, and that is a show of Pixel Gaiden. That's it. That's how we Let's do it. Wrap this up. So we roll. Do we have any quick thoughts on what we want to do for the next month episode? I need to think about it, because you you laid down some prerequisites here. Did I? I think you did. I laid down some thoughts. Doesn't mean it's a prerequisite. Well... What, one, from, one from me is that the Battle of the Systems has been a little bit console-heavy recently, so I think we do need to get some micros back in the mix. That's I agree. Such a UK view. <laughs> <laughs> Video games are consoles. Let's do it, Computer though. games That's are computer games. That's a good idea. Games. But it is true. We we you know we cover both on Pixel Gaiden. Yeah. So we 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 need to we need to get some micros back in there. I think. We, I mean, uh, yeah, I've had an absolute blast doing a lot of the console stuff, um, but I think it's time we did a, a couple of couple of micro games. The pendulum must swing both must ways. Swing. And I've been wanting Indeed. to get back to some of the more oddball micros personally. Okay. I'd yeah. love to see some Coco Three or MSX or um, you know things like that personally. Yeah. Okay, but Give we, we can talk more off air. But for um, six good games, uh, any ideas? Are we just going to think about that as well? Uh, well, I think we're going to think about it as well. So. All right. Well, I'm going to think about it. <laughs> you I'm do that, thinking. sir. Keep on thinking. I'm thinking, but nothing's happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I guess we will see you. Actually, the main thing we're going to be doing next episode. And this is me laying down the law. Okay. It's, uh, well, next episode itself will probably be the Christmas episode, but the following episode, late December, has to be our best of 2020 episode. 
yeah. where we round up all of the great things that have happened to us in 2020. Oh, geez. Is there anything that can be best in 2020? <laughs> That's going to be a 10-minute show. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but yeah, we'll have to... We'll have to Lay down the guidelines for that. Talk about our favorite games, of course, our favorite beers, like we did last month, and hopefully come up with a few more categories. Okay. Uh, our favorite host named Cody would be a good one, in my opinion. Um, Let's put a poll on Twitter. Who's the best host? <laughs> Tim's going to win. Dang it. That's why we're not asking that. It's favorite host named Cody. It's that sexy um, accent. Dang it. Oh. <laughs> what? This accent right here. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's a Bobby Dazzler. So Bobby Dazzler and uh, Governor and and a uh, a bit of the creature. Drink governor, bit of the creature. All right. Until then, we'll stop waffling with our fake accents. Okay. And simply uh, remind all our fellow listeners, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D-U-H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.